sit back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. Well, if he comes out with a line of dungarees... <laughs> did you just say dungarees? I did, I did, because I didn't want to say jeans, because his slogan would be... Dungarees. For anyone who was born after 1970. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome out to the Lager Room. It is Wednesday, March 7th, 2021. Jersey Johnny coming at you with me, as always, is none other than Mr. Radio Pete and Mr. Harry Lugnuts. Say hello, guys. Hello, howdy. Howdy, howdy, but, howdy, howdy. By the way, uh, <laughs> it's April. It's uh, April 7th. Did March I say March 7th? Yeah. Did I? Did I say you March wished 7th? it was March 7th. <laughs> I wish it was March 7th. <laughs> Get rid of those last couple of games. April 7th, folks. April 7th. It is April 7th, not March 7th. April 7th. Okay. Uh, thank you for pointing that out, Pete. Uh, so let's get on with the show now that we're in April. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, it's like right it's thing. like Groundhog's Day. Kevin Durant's going to come out, and if he sees his shadow, he's going to play for three games. <laughs> he's going to play two, two. Yeah, he only gets two, two games. Two yeah. games. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you an interesting headline when we talk about the NBA, which uh, a phrase a phrase that we thought we would never that I thought would ne- you'd never see in print. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's start the show off today by actually uh, wishing a happy anniversary to uh, the movie Major League. It was released uh, 32 years ago today. Wow. Uh, wow. I was in the big 32nd anniversary. 32nd anniversary. It's a big one. It's always a 32nd. What do they call that? The uh, platinum anniversary. No, 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 no. That's the uh, shoelace anniversary. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the balsa. The balsa. Something brown, something round. And... It's the ramen anniversary. You get a bowl of ramen for your anniversary. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. well, so cool. well, we're about a. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I I was going to do, I was thinking about, you know, maybe like asking you guys some like a uh, major league movie trivia, you know, uh, throughout the uh, thing too. Uh, but I figured neither of you would care. So we definitely need some bother. filler. We have, definitely need some filler in this podcast. This yeah, we have been under four hours for several weeks in a row. Right. right. You know, it's, it's, right. There's no, yeah, there's no way we can. Uh, maybe we can do short, a top, you know, so. top 10 uh, favorite moments from the film. Top, top 10 favorite moments from major league, the movie. There you go. So. Yeah. Remember that that one part when the guy was running, and then remember he, that one time at band camp, and then he <laughs> fell down. That was he, great. That was good. That was I love I love that part. Best line from the movie. What's the best line from the movie? We'll leave it at that. Give me your best line from the movie Major League, and we'll leave it at that. Oh, it's what's his name? Euchre's, uh <laughs> just, just a little. I've been outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I like the other line when he said. He says, uh, the one guy says you can't, the uh, color guy says you can't do that, or the stats guy, whatever. So you can't say that on air. He says, who cares? Nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> uh, I think he was doing this podcast. But uh, in any event, what's yours, uh, Radio Pete, there? Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to top Uke. Yeah, Uke's definitely got the, probably, probably, probably all 10 of the top 10 lines from that movie. But the <laughs> one line that's not Bob Uke's is probably... Uh, is probably the uh, um, hey bartender Joe Boo needs a refill. That was a uh, that was pretty. Funny. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and um, it's a classic. But uh, <laughs> check, please. <laughs> check. Uh, check. <laughs> check. That's check. a good Just one. And also, uh, <laughs> also when they call uh, they call Jake 
he's in like uh, Mexico or something. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, you assholes, you could have at least said you were from the Yankees or whatever. <laughs> You're going to pull that shit with me. At least you could have said you were from the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a pretty good line. I like uh, this. This guy threw at his own kid in a father son game. <laughs> <There he goes. laughs> And uh, give them all a nice big shit burger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Uh, uh, SNY actually put out, uh, they did a, uh, uh, they took the video from when um, they were in the locker room when he said that they were going to be released and let's let's win the whole thing, you know. Uh, right. They took that. They replaced the faces of all the characters with Mets. Uh, <laughs> Pete Alonzo, I think, was uh, the Tom Berenger. Uh, <laughs> Jake Keller character. Nothing left but, to do but win the whole. Well, let's put it that way. SNY came out with that today. If any of the Mets watched it, that obviously did nothing for them today. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. nothing. They they just uh, game is over just a little bit ago, eight to two they lost. Um, and granted, most of that was because of Doug Peterson, but um, uh, which McCoy? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, we're we're seeing analytics in motion, uh, in Doug, action. I should say, Doug, right? With, isn't that a new workout tape? Analytics in motion. I, so. Analytics I mean, with Billy Bean. Look, uh, who was the manager that the Mets hired originally? You know, to first to coach this season, it was Beltran. Beltran. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't the guy who's got the job right now. He got the job by default because right. whatever Beltran mm-hmm. did, and was forced to resign. Right. right. So, and what's funny there is were that bigger isn't, names. Isn't everybody, out- isn't everybody just decide bigger names? Isn't everybody back in baseball from that firing, mass firing, because of all of the people from the Astros, except for yes. Beltrana? Yeah, except for Beltrana. Except for but Beltrana. my point is there were bigger names out there, and the Mets yeah. decided not to go after any of them. No, yeah. And like I Buck think Walter, Dusty Baker, none of them. They didn't Bruce Bochy, you know, Bruce these are guys who probably, hey, probably hey, want to hey, coach again. Hey, but those, look, are you, guys, those are guys that they wouldn't be able to control. Right. You, you, in, you, in guys, you guys, situations. exactly. Or, and they wouldn't be kind and polite to the new generation. No, they of, wouldn't. Players. Rojas and is young and, and inexperienced. And here, here's and, an old school guy who you guys laughed at me in the preseason when I said, look out, they're going to have a good year because of their change at management. And the Phillies are 5-1. and one. And they, oh, got yeah. an, they got an old school manager oh, yeah, who but, happened to win the World Series and just wasn't player-friendly enough and by the way, with the Yeah, and by the way, the Mets could have had him too. Yeah. So In you, fact, you, I'm you, sure Girardi know. would have probably preferred coaching the Mets then going to the Phillies. The, the ownership got what they guess. what they wanted they which, is, which is someone who's going to work by the numbers right who's not going to yeah. make waves because he's young and he wants to keep his job and but, so you get you get the you know this this fiasco like what we saw on opening day I, I think it has more to do with how it's the, the player relations I don't think the ownership really gives a shit I think the ownership a lot of them should want to win and should want somebody who's going to do the best job I think it really. I think but in all sports, the players have too much fucking say in 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 everything nowadays. They do, and you can't be an old Lou Pinella would not be able to coach today. No, never. No, no. no. Could you and imagine Billy thing... Martin? Could you imagine Billy Martin coaching today? <laughs> and the only thing that's going to possibly... coach like two innings of one game, and that would be the end. Of well, the he would have well, got, got fired in the second inning, and then rehired yeah. by the seventh. The only seven, thing that's yeah. going to may have to sit out seven games for every other DUI. <laughs> maybe kind of change this is if one of those old school guys wins a championship, like Girardi. You don't, you don't have to do it by the numbers, right? I mean, Dusty Baker's be... Dusty Baker's kind of an old school guy, but he's way more laid back than what Davy Davy Johnson is. Uh, who's on the Who's the Dodgers coach? Uh, uh, Joe Madden. 
Oh no, uh, that's the Angels, rather. Uh, Davey, uh, Dave, Dave, uh, Johnson. Um, no, not Dave. Dave. Um, I might forgetting his last name. Anyway, Dave, uh, he's also an old school guy, but he's also not, you know, the the, the in Fernandez. your face yeah, Joe Girardi type. And Joe Girardi's not even as old school as those two guys. I mean, Joe Girardi was playing when those guys were coaching. But my point is, my point is, Rojas is not going to give any pushback no. against this stuff. No, no, not at all. Not at all. You're going to get well, nothing he, from him. He's going to run it by too. the numbers. Here, here's my other question, too. Oh, he was hired. Now, he was hired. Remember, he was hired by the Wilpons and Brody Van Wagenen. He wasn't hired by Steve yeah. Cohen and Sandy Alderson. So that being so said. So there would have been no issue with getting rid of him when they took over the franchise. Right. But I think that they already had him in place. And the players do like him, or at least some of them do. And, you know, the global consensus is that he's a, he's, he's a player-friendly manager and he right. didn't do too bad he didn't do too great either but he didn't do too he didn't like suck eggs last year you know for what he had and everything going on with the pandemic and the 60 game season and so forth and so on he got yeah, well, going yeah, a throw, little bit. Just you know, throw, yeah throw last throw year out. out i mean this so is... obviously this is his make or break year right you know it's not like it's not like steve cohen came out and said hey we're winning the world series this year and any of us actually believe or any met fan actually believed or even the players believe that they're going to win the World Series this year. Hey, stranger things have happened, but I seriously doubt it, and so does everybody else. But the bottom line is they're going to be able to see what he's all about this year. He's off to a gloriful, glory, glory-filled yeah, start. I, I, uh, what but, do you have to see? I mean, they're, they're one and two. I mean, they're, it's, it's I know, two, it's three games it's into the season. It's too early to tell. And, and Phillies have obviously a good team. You know, yeah, and the know, Mets and the Mets they, they, Achilles, they the shit out of the Braves all weekend. The Mets you know? Achilles Hills, as it has been for the last five years, is the bullpen? Is there bullpen? It's well, it horrible. Wasn't, it wasn't the bullpen today. Was no. the starting pitching today? Was today was uh, Peterson? Uh, David right, Peterson but, but, gave up six runs in four innings. Yeah, so. but but my my point is here, and you're right. It's only it's only a few games, but we have already seen instances of mismanagement. You, you don't get a warm fuzzy. You don't you don't feel like right, I'm not getting a warm he's, fuzzy. He's, um, no, he's I'm not. Watching. He's not in charge. He's not making any. He's not. He's doing everything you would expect him to do. He's that everybody everything. else has done and right. and hasn't worked. You know, and, and, then, like, and then coming out after opening day and, and saying uh, he was thinking about leaving DeGrom in, but then he got together with the other coaches and they sort of, as a consensus, yeah. decided to take him out. That's not that's not how you do Joe, it. You're, Joe not, is, you're the Joe manager. That all the you time. make yeah. your own damn decision. The bottom you're line the, is they they sat before the game and they said they pre-gamed that they, DeGrom hadn't fished a lot. Had pitched, hadn't faced live pitching. Uh, none of these guys have. None of these guys have. You're telling me all, all of a sudden pitchers can't throw 90 pitches on opening day? Look. Well, no, he hadn't a, like give, it, it, it was give me a his, break. His five day route, five day routine. The worst whatever, thing that's but... going to happen is DeGrom's ERA is going to go up. But if DeGrom goes seven or seven and a half and gives up two, the Mets are in a way better position to win than they are when they pull him in the sixth and or. It's just ridiculous. What was he the at? 70, 77, 77, 77 pitches. 77. They said now that they didn't say he was going to go 77 pitches. That's when they Ron said he was, gonna go, was just getting warmed up. Right. They said he was going to go six innings. Six innings, the average pitch no, count no, no. for six innings. It's not innings. Six it's innings. Ups. It's six ups six, now. Six, get up like six you, times. Like when you were in the schoolyard, right? Yeah, get up. When you it's divide up. up Everybody right. lived in the or everybody uh, lived in the neighborhood nearby, and you sitting, divide up the team. The ass was you, on the bleacher, and he had gonna, to get up. Are they just so, going to start every inning with somebody on second and just have it hit off a tee? Yes, that's that's what's coming to. 
That's what it's coming to. But it's six ups, right? He said six innings. He was going. Yeah. The average pitch count for six innings is 90 pitches. He was at 77. He could have gone out in the seventh inning and maybe thrown 11 pitches and still been under that 90 pitch count. Who gives a shit? Rem- Who remember- cares that he had to get up? It's about the arm motion. It's not about the ass on the seat standing up. Who gives well, a shit? You know, remember when it was 100 pitches and you would consider taking somebody out? Oh, they're, right. they're approaching 100. You know, we, mm-hmm. let's get somebody up in the bullpen. Right. I mean, now that's another take- now for DeGrom, like, oh, that's another two innings. He's 20 pitches. Uh, we that's another get two else. innings. Yeah. At least an inning and a half. At least. At least. He, he didn't. He's the if best he damn pitcher out, in baseball. If he couldn't come back in for one more fucking inning, it would have been ridiculous. If he goes out and throws 15 more pitches, right? Gets three outs, five pitches per batter. He's at 92. Oh, right. my God. And seven innings. And this whole – look, the, the, the real hole – to me, the real hole in the theory of this six innings, and then we're going to let the bullpen do the rest – is right. you've got to have multiple guys in that bullpen who are on every day. Mm-hmm. You're not getting right. seven or eight out of your starter. you got to have one, two, exactly. maybe three guys out of the bullpen. And if any one of them is off right. in a close game, then all of a sudden the game is tied or you're behind. Well, right. it's, the same, it's the same thing with the Yankees because the, I would it's say the, same the Mets. Thing with every team. I would it's say a, the Mets have even more. Until they're healthy with their rotation, I would say the Mets have even more question marks at the yep. three, four, and five or six spot in their rotation. So they're yep. going to need your bullpen. So ride your horse as long as you can. Absolutely. So you don't, you know, it's the same thing. It's, it, you know, I thought, I thought Cole should have won another inning last night. Yeah. You know, well, it, I mean, but uh, with the, and the Yankees bullpen is hurting. And of course, you know, talent, okay, two runs, four, almost five innings, but now, we have a half a game with our bullpen in there again. And so far, they've done well. But they can't do this all year. They just they can't. Can. They couldn't do it, it last year in a shortened season. And when it comes to the Mets, the, the number one middle relief pitcher is out. Yeah. That's Seth Lugo. Right. And he's out. If well, he was but, in there, there'd be no question. But well, they're, they're thin, and they, and they don't have the depth or the – Performers that, and they had Miguel. They had Miguel Castro come in, right? He pitched the seventh inning. He pitched nine pitches, looked halfway decent, and then they took him out and put in and put in May and 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 Loop, and right. and that's and that's where all now that, that now look he, if, if the ground pitches seven, if the ground pitches seventh, then Castro you bring Castro in for the eighth, the, and you get well. He Diaz might, they the might have brought him in for the eighth. They might not have brought him in for the eighth. They might have gone with with Loop and May anyway. But uh, May didn't look too look. bad last night. But the bottom line is. Right. The bottom line is they should. The, the bottom line is they should have uh, let Degrom pitch another uh, inning. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but the more guys you have to put in, the more guys that have an opportunity to fail. And I mean, he's not game, Babe Ruth. It's not them. like you're. It's not like you're asking him to come back tomorrow and play first base. Right. The biggest problem with the, the other biggest problem, the other big problem with the Mets bullpen is the fact that their two most expensive relief pitchers suck. So, Dylan Batansis and Jerry Smilia. Well, Batances Batances used to be a problem across the river, but we still have a bigger problem than Batances. Although the other day he actually was able to get three guys out. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, relief pitchers are not what they used to be. I was just watching the Dodgers game, and Jansen came in and blew a save. The A's finally won a game. They beat the Dodgers in ten, of course, with the with the the little league rules. And uh, yeah, they're all over the place, and they're nut jobs. There really are nut jobs, especially closers. And why can't a closer pitch more more than one inning anymore? Uh, no one know? can pitch more than one inning. And and look, I the 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 days of the lefty righty like no one no one comes in in the middle of an inning anymore. No, everybody's got to start fresh right from the beginning. Well, other than other than you know, you're throwing, unless you're, there's 
unless there's like a, a number one power hitter up and you want to bring in the lefty to face him or whatever. Right. But everybody doesn't need to do that anymore. anymore. You can't do that anymore really? because you got to face three batters. Well, Nobody throws a curveball. Nobody throws a curveball. They throw a cutter, a changeup, which doesn't really matter. The cutter actually helps you if you're on the, you know, most of the time. If you're if you're if you're a righty against a righty or a lefty against a lefty, no one throws a curveball anymore or, or has a number of breaking pitches where I don't I don't even think it matters. I really yeah. don't. I don't. I don't. It's all, I, it's all I don't think it matters anymore. You put four or five arms, the guys who throw ninety five and up, and that's, that's it's just it's baseball is killing itself. It is. It, They're it killing really itself is. with these with these stupid rule changes. I mean, I can kind of deal with it. This this it's extra seven inning, inning double hitters. This, this extra, extra inning, inning no. It shouldn't be a seven. Eight. There shouldn't be a seven inning double header. A double header is a fucking double header. I agree. Okay? But, and there uh, shouldn't be a guy rules. on second base and a one one game in the tenth inning. I agree with that. I, I hate that one more than the seven inning double header. I That's hate ridiculous. It. That's I don't like the seven ridiculous. inning double header, but it. it's it's more palatable than having to face three batters or putting a guy on second base to. Absolutely asinine that these terrible. changes are. And this Absolutely is all Rob terrible. Manfred. This but don't have Manfred. any doubleheaders. Don't have any doubleheaders because the doubleheader actually – a seven-inning doubleheader, now, now I'd be like, well, fuck it. I'm not putting my I'm not putting a starter in this game. Yeah, really. You know, or maybe I, you know, maybe that's where DeGrom should pitch. He should pitch a seven-inning doubleheader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe they'll let him go the distance. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like the seven-inning doubleheader. I don't get it. If you don't, if you can't sit through a doubleheader, don't come to a doubleheader. It's all part. Look, it's all part of trying to speed up the game. They want to speed up I mean, the game because they want it like the game is too slow. The game is too slow. It can't hold, the, want, it can't hold the attention of people that are looking at their phones every second. Yeah, but right. last time I checked, it, look, I mean, they, they didn't seem to have a problem filling the stands in Texas. I, yeah, I, well, I, 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 I don't think. I don't think it's an attendance thing. I don't think uh, you know. People, no, people no, I don't, think, I don't think it's I don't think it seats uh, asses in the seats. It's, it's not I think a it's, tennis it's, thing. It's TV. It's TV. Yeah. It's the it's the kid the, watching the, the kids watching on TV. It's, it's they're, I, not, right. they're not getting and the younger kids not, right that, that are and watching. Not and I'm not talking them. about like I'm not talking about the eight year olds. I'm talking about the 16, 18, 21 year olds. Yeah, they're not that, they're not hanging on to right. uh, building that audience and hanging on. And I got news for Mister Man. I got news for Mister Manfred. They're not going to – I don't care if he makes the game a half an hour long. They're not going to watch it because they don't want to watch it. It has nothing to do with this, the, 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 the length of the game. And, and I, I think they're missing – I think that, A, they, they don't know who's watching it anymore because that 16-year-old kid isn't watching the game on a television. No, it's it's harder to – well, see, they, they actually, depending on uh, how much of the inform- – they can get more information about somebody who's watching on a computer or on no, the I phone get or it. on a yeah. tablet. You know. Sure, I get um, it. But, so. the, but, but it's like anything else. They're going to check in and out. You know, well, I, you, you right. talk about yeah. all these – you, you, right. you can't just look at the TV ratings anymore. Right. You talk about all these you know, new rules right. really quick. Let me just read these to you. I don't know if you heard this. this, is, this these are experimental rule changes this year in minor league baseball. Ready? This is what they're doing. In each league, they're going to do something different. Here we go. In AAA this year, they're going to have larger bases with a less slippery surface. Okay. Well, that would probably prolong my playing career. I mean, I can see that for the old-timers game. <laughs> right, right. Larger bases. I don't know. They're six feet wide. Or the beer game. The beer game. Yeah, That yeah, would yeah, help right. out with the beer right. game. 
Unbelievable. Larger bases with larger less slippery surface. bases. Yep. Okay. Um, double Rib, A. Ribbed larger bases. <laughs> now, ribbed, is that for the runners? Is that for the runners or is that I, for the, I, uh, I don't know what that's the for. I really, They're really think so I think... big that if you lead off, you could steal. You could just lean over and steal second. <laughs> lean over and take one nice leap. Right. It's like two steps, again. It's just, two steps, there's, there's, been a, there's been a lot of liners that have hit the bag and jumped over people's heads. <laughs> so right. Now, here's a question. Is home plate bigger? Uh, it says larger bases. I'm assuming a, a base, first base, second base, third okay. base, home plate. So probably not. You know. Mm. Anyway, double uh, A. Here's the rule for double A. All four infielders must be positioned on the infield dirt. They cannot move back to the grass. They have to play in the dirt. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna they take can't even, and they can't they can't come up into the grass in the middle of the infield either. They have to play on the dirt. So what they're gonna do is is people are just gonna start having larger dirt areas behind. Just just gonna the whole, make the, the whole infield is dirt. The whole yeah. infield's dirt. Right. Yeah. Um, high That's A. What I would do. Just make I mean, the whole thing at dirt. the old at when the when the, at the old Shea Stadium, <laughs> sometimes that was midway through the season. The whole thing was dirt. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that field um, got ugly. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's, it's Especially after the Jets played on it. Yeah, that's what I mean. During football season, that was uh... clearly this is a move to stop the shift. Right. Yeah. Right. Of course. So, but all four infields must be positioned in infield dirt. Here we go. But it's got saying it like that means a, 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 a third baseman can't move up or a first baseman can't move up for a bunt. So now he's got to stay back on the dirt. So if you got well, a speedy, the... you got a speedy good bunter at the plate, he's going to get on first base by, by but bunting the baseline. The ball. Is dirt right? Does that count? Well, look, you could stand on the baseline, sure, but if he bunts it in a little bit, what's he going to do? Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. It's not yeah. you're, you're you're giving the offense an advantage here, but <laughs> right, uh, you, um, you could creep up as long as you're in the baseline. But you, you know what? Tip, 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 tip down the baseline. But if you're talking about a suicide, <laughs> you're going to be right in the runner's way. Right. Yeah. And then you're going to get, you know, you're going to, you can't impede the runner by. Well, obviously, I'm sure if he's going, if they, if, he, if he's trying to do a, a suicide squeeze, well, it depends on. Well, yeah, for a suicide squeeze, you're going to be in the runner's way. But for, uh, it's, it's just stupid. Here we go. But but what if the third base was trying to steal home? Right. Like, again, I'm thinking of, you know, you're going to be right. In this, you have your back to him. You, you know. It's yes. yeah. Um, high A. All right. Pitchers must step <laughs> off the rubber. Is that to the attempt- Native American league? High A. Pitchers must step I, off the rubber. I, I got it. I shouldn't have went there, but I got it. To yeah. attempt to pick off. Pitchers I must step off either. the rubber. They must to step off the rubber for a kickoff? What? <laughs> have a kickoff snap? For it to attempt to pick off. In other words, he can't just spin on the rubber and throw to first. He actually has to com- come completely off the rubber to throw to first. So I thought that already eliminate- was the rule. Well, I mean, for a righty, that's easy. For a lefty, that's almost impossible. Right, right, exactly. There's going to be part of your foot on the rubber the yeah. way they're playing it now, you know. Um, and and here's, oh, yeah, the, here's the kicker, right. too. Low A, limit of two pickoff attempts per plate appearance. So, in other words, you throw over to first twice, then the guy can take as big a lead as he wants because you can't throw anymore. Why don't they just change it so that if you just bean the guy in the head while he's leading off, he's I want to bean Rob Manfred in the head. But you know what? You right. should be you should what you should be able to do after that second pickoff attempt is the take second kickoff? the throw home. You know, yeah, like yeah, how you right. take throw a ball for a dog, right? And that way the guy takes off, then he just turn around, step off, and throw to second. You can get yeah, but then that's way. a ball. Right? You should be. <laughs> it should be. No, so the, it, you're making you're making the motion home. You're just not throwing the ball. 
Yeah. I think when you make a motion towards home, that's a pitch, right? Right. Well, if you release it, it's a pitch. Oh, I got you. Yeah. I don't, I'm just uh, saying, I think they ought to add that. Add that, right. If you can only go for pickoffs, then you should be able to fake the throw. And there's two supplemental rules to low A. Low A West, and only the teams in the West, they're going to have a 15-second pitch clock. So a pitcher can't take a long time to I think that's a little fast, but I think that's not a, not necessarily a, a, a bad step. 15 seconds. And what, hap- what happens if there's a, sh- a pitch clock violation? Come on. <laughs> You get that's a, that's a ball. It's a ball. <laughs> it's a ball. <laughs> the the, the, the gets a ball. So, I think fifteen well, is a little. They've, too they've, short, they've but... done some. They've done some things that I agree with. Okay, the the automatic intentional walk without having to pitch four pitches out, you know, to the catcher that speeds things up. I'm okay with that. There's some things that I, I get make some sense, but I don't like any of this. Right. And here's here's the other one. Uh, in low A Southeast is going to be automated balls and strikes, no umpires. Low A Southeast, what is that? The Thai Thailand Tide water, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Thai. It's Thailand. You know, Southeastern Asia, Thailand, Southeast. Titans. Southeast, yeah. Southeast, Florida. That's Southeast Asia, yeah. It's the Thailand <laughs> League, yeah. I know I go here, uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think Don Baylor's still playing in the Southeast League. <laughs> I know, I know. Jason Giambi is. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, but automated balls and strikes, no one. Probably Jeremy so. too. Ricky Henderson was still playing last time I checked. Rob, but here, if you, if you read Rob Manfred's ten-year plan, in ten years, this entire game is going to be, be is going to be is going to be a video game. Well, it's going to be a video. That's game. The what the kids love. They the kids love, love the it. Video game. Let's give them that. Instead of look, instead of making the nobody's video going game, out and exercising and getting you know getting outside it's, anymore. Instead of making the game more like real life, we'll make real life more like the game. And we'll I'll tell you what, I, I think it's de- it's a demographic and a cultural thing because I, I I think that much like baseball, the people that are following baseball are exceedingly becoming more Latin and you know I mean there there are a lot of the the young kids who are who, whose families are first, second, or third generation, Cubans, Mexicans, uh, Bolivians, you know, fill in the blank, Puerto Ricans, obviously, they're, they're still following baseball because they're not removed from it. And their parent, their dad is still, or mom is still, you know, interested in it and playing it with them. I, I, I don't buy into this, that, that the kids are not going to follow this. And if they don't, then, then so be it. But know. it's, uh, None of this stuff is going to help, I don't think. No. Is there a, is there a problem? I, I really don't. I, I think there's a lot of other reasons that some people are turning away from baseball than just because the pitch count is too, the, the, uh, the pitchers take too long to throw the ball. I mean, I was a kid who used to sit in front of the television and try to keep score on my score pad. Yes, now I was a nerd. I, I understand that. I still kept score at home. I was never bored by the game. Never. Never. Well, but I still get, I, mean, I still keep score going. We go to a game. First, I wasn't yeah, a Mets fan, scoring. so that helped. Well, yeah, that helped a lot. But now, look, now with with hey, being um, able to watch the game in all these different ways, you can do other things while the game is on. You can put it on in the back. Sure. You know, you yeah. don't have to be sitting glued in front of your TV. Well, I, I remember, and, I remember and watching worrying day about games. missing something. Remember turn, turning on an afternoon game. You watch the first three innings. You go mow the lawn. You come back. It's back the sixth in. inning, and you know you absolutely. It was a, it was an all day. You know, nobody did a couple things. Yeah, nobody absolutely. says you have to watch the whole thing. God knows I don't watch all of. Uh, but I know. think that's what Major League Baseball is is trying to 
trying to get is more people who are going to be sitting and watch, you know, trying to make the game fast enough and interesting enough so they can get it sitting in. and watching. Like a ha than, half, an, half an hour sitcom, a half an hour ball game, a half an hour reality. Yeah, but no other sport is like that. There's no half hour football game. There's no half hour basketball game. Yeah. And I would argue that a lot of people aren't watching. You know, I think the one thing that helps football and to some extent basketball is halftime. And you don't have that in baseball. Right. Well, let's just do a halftime. <laughs> After but, four and a half innings, take a 15 minute break. I'll speed yeah. the game up. I'll speed, yeah. great. There you go. Get out um, by the way, I, by the way, I know you weren't. I know growing up, you know, you weren't bored watching baseball because, as you said, you weren't a Mets fan. When you the year you graduated high school, who won the World Series that year? That was the one year the Mets won the. World. <laughs> hey, my first game, my first baseball game was a Mets game. I saw, Vi enough, I saw Vita Blue pitch at Chase Stadium. Oddly enough, my first baseball game was a Yankee game. So yeah. go figure. <laughs> yeah. I actually used to watch the Mets. That's a, I mean, I used to watch the Cubs too because it was on in the afternoon. They, I mean, were all, I just, they were all day games. I mean, I just was working and watching. You know the. The, uh, two games today. I was watching the the Reds game, which ended was a great ending, and the, the Dodgers game. I just like the sport. I mean, you know, it, it, I didn't watch the whole. I didn't sit there and watch every. I pitch. watch every baseball game if it's on. If I'm not doing anything, I'll. If I'm, you know, I'm doing something, I'll have it on in the background. No matter who's playing, it yep. doesn't matter who's playing. Well, oh, and, and, and the thing that's baseball. That, it doesn't the thing, the benefit to people nowadays is that they have access to anything they want on their uh, anywhere they go. We we couldn't watch Detroit versus Kansas City if we wanted to, right. unless it was the playoffs. You know, right. we, half the games we weren't even on television. You have to listen to it on a transistor radio. Sure. Although so, along, I, I, along those lines, I just want to say, uh, boo, 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 to MLB.com, and they have the uh, they have MLB TV right you can pay right. it's fucking expensive it's, it's expensive uh, yeah, it's but they have they have the audio where you can just listen to the game and you can watch the game cast a little animated thing mm -hmm. and that's 20 bucks for a season or 299 a month mm -hmm. but the local games are blacked out yep. yeah i just signed Heck up yeah. for it and i and i'm like why can't i listen to the Mets game it didn't used to be that way mm -hmm. what what is the point of saying, hey, listen to every game if except you, the ones in your market. If you That's want, terrible. if you want, because, to, if you want to make the game more popular, make the the online broadcast of every game free. I don't mind paying the the twenty. Bucks. But what I'm saying is that sixteen year old kids, even people in their twenties now and into their early thirties, they grew up not paying for anything. You can't get anybody to buy a CD or or an album anymore. They they expect music to be free. I, I'm telling yeah, but, you, if you but made, even if you're willing, there's to always a way around it. I know you want to watch the NFL for free. Ask a 16 year old; they'll give you a Slovakian uh, website that, where you <laughs> can watch the Steelers and the Bengals. I mean, it, you, there's ways around it. I'm just saying. I the, re know, the reason I, it, the reason they're probably blacking it out is because of the local broadcast, right? I mean, well, probably they probably right. it's because of the deal with like because WFAN uh, is is broadcasting the Met games. And right. the WFN is actually broadcasting the Yankee games now. So I think it's uh, CBS is uh, 880 in New York. WPIS. Is, yeah. uh, one of them, yeah, uh, is broadcasting the Mets games. So the advertising dollars that they have on there, the viewership, they want people listening to the, that broadcast. They don't want it listening to. Well, what kid broadcast. is going to listen to it on the radio? Or well, why you not know what? just take that I, broadcast I, and put that on the air and make it available? Exactly. Through the MLB app, I'm willing to pay for it. That's and where I can't I, listen to it. That's what I was going to say because every local broadcast is available 
every local broadcast is available on Sirius XM satellite radio. And they and sat and Sirius XM satellite radio obviously um, uh, puts pushes dollars or whatever it is if towards that broadcast. So if MLB does phone. it too, then you could do it. If yeah. you can't have it as an app on your phone in three seconds for free, no kid is going to watch right. it. That's the problem. That's the problem. And it's the, a shame M- the MLB, baseball. Major League Baseball television is 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 boomers and Gen Xers. That's it. That's it. those are the only people that are paying for Major League Baseball Network. And, and it's a shame to be. And it's it. and it's because a lot of people moved away from their hometown. To be honest with you, that's why that you know. I well, mean, actually, I can't, the service I, apparently is for because those are the only people. That are, that are gonna make use of it is if you want to watch that. I, I love this time of year because I get the MLB channels for free until like you know April tenth or something like that. So and, I've and look, God, God forbid, I, I was a Philly fan, right. right? And I got this service, and I'm in New York, so I can listen to the Philly games, except when they come to town, right? Right? You know, nine times a year or whatever the hell it is, and then I can't listen to it. I mean, it's but not if you're in a certain part of New Jersey, you get the blackout for the Yankees, you get the blackout for the Phillies and the Mets. Yeah, well, Jersey, they deserve <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> Thanks, um, but in any event, uh, it's a, but just to speak of that one thing, I just I was trying to get to it. Transist, transistor radios, radio, baseball is more than any other sport a perfect sport to listen on the radio. Of course it is, and I I can't tell you how many games I over used the years to put the, the radio. John, there's nobody oh, under to, the age of twenty that even knows how to what turn a, on a what radio. A radio I used to is put yeah, the no. audio on the TV actually when the, when the game wasn't on when when I didn't have any TV at all. Right. I went years without having any cable service or anything, and I used to put the the MLB app on the on the television and and uh, and I mean, listen I, to it yeah. and watch the game day on the TV while I was doing whatever. I, I, was. Le- I learned long ago the the way you piss off a kid nowadays is to deny them Wi Fi. Right, right. Well, yeah. So, oh, the ice cream man. Oh, give me a give me a. Is that an app or is that the actual ice cream? <laughs> is that the ice cream man going past my house? <laughs> wow. So, so we're, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Radio Pete here. He's broadcasting from the fifties. Yeah. And uh, no, uh, excuse me for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, if I came back with a get, get me, get me, a, to- get me so, a toasted almond bar. You, if you, it you went like this it. for three minutes, right? I would you mute too. It would take longer than three minutes. Uh, <laughs> and then I came back with a big twist with sprinkles uh, yeah. on it. You guys push are up, super pop. jealous. Just push up, a, yeah. pop. No. Give me a yeah, you know toast what's, or a chocolate eclair, one of those. You good. know what's great is uh, a twist shake. Mm, I like the ice cream cones with the peanuts on top, but you had to let it melt a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, the to- toasted almond bar. That yeah. was always my favorite. Yeah. And that 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 ice cream cone was perfect. I don't know how they did it, but it was just perfect with the you pulled the top off and it pulled was just like perfectly the, indented. Um, yeah. <laughs> King cone. Yeah. King, King cone, cone with the King nuts cone. and the chocolate on top. Yeah, but the waffle right, boy, cone. Boy, how quickly did we get sidelined from railing about? I don't know. What are we talking about? Watch and listen Football? to baseball. And the ice cream man. The ice cream man. <laughs> ice cream man. Give <laughs> me right. some ice cream. Bro, anyway. that, that all sucks. Go to hell. Baseball.com. It's, it's absolutely absurd. It really is. Getting back to uh, actual baseball to uh, wrap up uh, the baseball talk. Well, actually, about- let me let me throw a co- go ahead, but let me I got a couple couple of quick things to throw at you, but go ahead. No, go ahead, you throw them. Well, I just a couple of things I wanted to mention over the past week because we we were on obviously last Wednesday right before opening day. So, um, no, Matt, we got I want to I asked uh, want to ask Harry some stuff about the Yankees. Well, last Friday night, uh, Trevor Bauer looking good. 
uh, no hitting the Rockies until he had to hit and run the bases, and then he went to shit. So, yep, more proof positive that pitchers shouldn't bother hitting. He had another good start. What was it yesterday? Or yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, also, I think it was opening day for San Diego. Blake Snell, four and two thirds innings, eight strikeouts. Sit down, kid. Analytics in action. Look, Snell, right? This is the guy from the World Series. Same thing, right? Analytics is kicking his ass no matter where in the country he is. I can sort of understand it at this time of the year. Okay? But but four innings? Four and two-thirds. Four and two-thirds. All right. Fourteen outs. And, yeah, and and I I understand what you're saying. So there was no problem. It was just time because that's what the book said. It was pitch count. Yeah. He was Terrible. cruising, and then it's like, all right, you're done. And I because, seem to remember. We want to have we want to have a four inning pitcher for the whole season, as yeah. as as opposed to having him go five, then five and a half, then six, then maybe push it. You know, I mean, God, Catfish Hunter is just sitting at home laughing. Oh, terrible! All right, here's here's another one. Uh, uh, Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. For the Nats, his his debut gave him four home runs. I don't think he's ever done that before. Four solo shots, right? Four solo shots, yeah. including the first pitch of the season. Yeah. Ronald Acuna Jr. knocks he it out. Look happy. He happy. That was the guy <laughs> he who needed not. a pitch count. But yeah. other than that, he was kind of lights out once he got going. No, other than right, other than the home runs. Other than then, other than giving up four home runs, he was great. That's that's baseball <laughs> nowadays. That's Garrett and, Cole too. Whenever yeah. he gives up a run, it's a, it's usually a solo home run. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, uh, Juan Soto, my, my pick for MVP, uh, walk-off single the ninth to win it. So, um, Mike Sosha, manager of Team USA for the Olympics. How about okay. that? There you go. Um, what the hell, though? It's the professional national team. That's the official name. Professional what national team. What the fuck is a professional national team? Well, we know what it is. It's Russian hockey all those years ago. I think they're, I think they're just trapped because the amateur will, American team. There will be times when there's an American team that's made of college kids. They're, they, they're trying for the Olympics. There's going to be because every other year when there's the Pan Am Games or whatever oh, else, there is, the pros don't play. So, yeah, so the U.S. national team, that's the U.S. national team. So what they're trying to do is say, OK, this is the, the professional national. national so it's like, it's like the dream team means, in basketball yes. for, for yeah. baseball. Although it, with that, they, there was there, you know. It remained professional after that, even though it maybe wasn't always the the top of the the, the top line. It, it wasn't. It wasn't always the five. It wasn't always Jordan also. Bird and Magic. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Barkley being you know yeah. your fifth best player. <laughs> right, right. Okay, uh, a couple others here. Um, speaking of San Diego, uh, bad luck or bad news for uh, Tatis. Hurting his shoulder. Well, he's now. not gonna. He's not gonna have surgery. Uh, the, no, it's, it's a day-to-day day day. Ten day yeah. injured list. Uh, partial dislocation, and th- this is apparently he's had issues with the shoulder and dislocated it before. So sign him to a big contract. I, I heard and... it was because he was lifting his wallet in and out of his. Yeah, that's, could have been. That's the problem. I mean, that's been. what the I mean, totally problem. Think of the guy. Yeah. So uh, I hope he gets better though. He's a great player. Um, and then, really, the the other thing I wanted to just bring up, and probably was was talking about Odor and the Yankees, and what are they going to do with them? Is it you know are they worried uh, about maybe Voit not coming back or not coming back healthy? Are they worried about Urshela? Uh, is well, Odor is a second you know, baseman, isn't he? Odor's a second baseman, so they would have to they would have yeah, to but DJ also, over to first. You know, he's also played some third, and he's you know. Mm. 
He can move. But he, he can move yeah, around. but he 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 actually faltered when he wasn't playing second in Texas. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, look, he's, so. it's not like he's a game breaker. Look, right. in, I think the Yankees are a little thin in the infield. Here's here's the thing that I think the Yankees. I hope that the Yankees are doing is that Gio Ursula was and what's uh, who's the guy Andohar were both playing shortstop at the same time. No, yeah. Well, that, together they could do really well. Yeah, so as long as they're both on the dirt, it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. No, they were play. They they did time playing shortstop in the preseason, and I still think Labor Torres is not a natural shortstop. He's just not, and you he know doesn't, he doesn't look comfortable. In the right position. now, I know Andohar's out hurt, but Andohar going back two years was one of the Yankees' best bats. He's yeah. he's yeah. not the best. The, the experiment in the outfield was a failure. He's horrible. And the Yankees have way too many outfielders. But you look at Andahar at third, you know, potentially uh, uh, Urshela at short, you know, you get, then you got a bunch of options for, for, for the Yankees. They kept Tyler Wade so that late in the games they can move DJ to first. Uh, you know, Voight, well, right. Voight, See, Voight's out. You know, it, 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 I just think that, I think the Yankees are going to make a move at shortstop at the end of this year if Glaber Torres does not perform. I really do. I think you're right, and I think well, it's probably going to be Trevor Story. But, but see, um, now, now what they're saying about Urshela is they're measuring his velocity on his throws, right. and it's dropped like five miles an hour. I think he's hurt. I think he's well, finally he had a he had a bone chip removed, yeah. right? A piece of bone, a piece of and something. He, look, around. he was a, he was a late inning replacement a couple of years back for Andahar. You yeah. know, so they took Andahar out. You know, the Yankees always that's the one thing Aaron Boone eighth inning that you're up one run or even down one run. It seems like everybody comes out. Sometimes even Stanton or Judge and and you know in comes I call them you know the guys who can catch the ball. In comes Brett Gardner. In comes Tyler Wade. DJ goes right. to first. You know, it's a but um, but the question with Odor, like what do you what do you do with him? I mean, he's a veteran, so if they want to send him to the alternate site, he can refuse that. Sure. And they might just say, Hey, look, we got a shot at a championship. If you want to be on this team, then you do what we tell you. But Tyler Wade still has an option. Tyler Wade has an option. So he'll, he'll, be, the, he'll be the he'll be the one so left. He out, might be and, the guy to go. Or, the thing, know, Bruce might be the guy who goes down. Or here's the thing, Tyler, Tyler Wade's got great speed. He's a great defensive second. They've already, he just can't hit the side of a barn with They've the already ball. made room for Odor, though. Yeah. And by by sending down the pitcher that relieved yeah. and pitched six innings of one hit uh I, I, baseball I, the other day. I, I think sent, I, I think they wanted play. more options. I think they wanted more options to platoon guys and move people around to get there. Their lineup. Plus, Odor. Correct me if I'm not mistaken. Isn't he a left-handed hitter? Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, the Yankees don't have a left-handed hitter. They have Aaron Hicks, who's a switch hitter, who had a hit today at an RBI, but is batting 111. Although, well, listen, he's a lefty, but I think against uh, Bautista, he hits better with a right. They definitely a right hook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Um, <laughs> he throws speak- righty, both now, punches and the ball. And now let's, let's talk about his first name. It's, it is pronounced Rugnet, right? Right. I don't know. I it's, it's roughneck, rough, it's rough it's rough neck, isn't it? Is it, is it rough? It's roughneck. Isn't that is a type? Isn't that a type of trout found only in uh in that's North rough, Dakota? Roughy, uh, rough Ned, rough no Ned. orange roughy. That's orange uh, roughy. Orange that, that's that the, was that's, his. Well, if he went to the Orioles, the name, that would be his nickname. It would have been orange, orange roughy. roughy. That's the name they gave to. Uh, what was the name of that fish? I think it was. The actual name of the fish was like Slimehead or something like that. And they called it an Orange but, Ruffy. But there was a lot of them, and it was pretty tasty, And but nobody wanted to eat Slimehead, so they called it Orange Ruffy. Orange Ruffy, yeah. 
But uh, now Rugnet, his name comes from, I read this, his name comes from, his grandfather's name was Doug and his grandmother's name was Nettie. So they took Doug and Ned and put it together. And it, so it's Doug Ned, but uh, apparently there's a family thing about naming all kids that, uh, whose name starts with R. So they changed the D to an R. So it's Rugnet. Actually, the, the, the true story is his dad's name was Doug and his grandma's name was Roughneck. But yeah, yeah like where does the G H come from? Where does the G H come from between there, an Doug and Nettie? It's yeah, it's R O U G N E D. No, I thought there's an H in there as is well. There? Maybe I'm re- maybe I've been always been reading it wrong. Oh no, okay. there is an H in R O U G H. It's Roughned. Roughned. Rough it's Silent H. It's a silent H. All right, so I got rug, one more for rough, you. Yeah. Uh, Harry Lugnuts, you must be excited because be excited because. All-Star Weekend. All-Star Weekend. Going Come to Colorado. Coming to, Come to Denver. Including the draft. Now, if you could go to one event, would it be the game, home run derby, or the draft? The game. Okay. <laughs> I thought he was going to say. The later rounds of the draft. The only drafts I go to are the kind that come out of an actual tap. Well, if you go to the game, you can have a draft. Or yeah, two, twelve, twelve dollars, three, draft. or well, you know, you know. You know it's funny that uh, what else are you gonna do first... with that? Listen, I saved twenty bucks not subscribing to MLB, so I can get a beer That's and a right. half. You know, the first three years of Coors Field, the the, the only beer served was Budweiser. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> that makes sense. I'm not joking because they had a contract that was left over before they moved it. Yeah, oh, it's great. It. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and there's no other beer but Coors there now. No, I mean, it's Colorado. It's Denver. I mean, I was going to say uh, they got to be something else. Yeah, there's there's yeah. plenty. You could spend one hundred and fifty dollars on beer. You get in the game for three dollars, but you spend two hundred and fifty dollars on beer. Uh, yeah. Exactly. On a related note, uh, how do we feel about uh, baseball pulling the game out of Georgia? I don't think there was much of a choice. Uh, you know, as much I, as I'm, I, you know, I'm impressed with Major League Baseball. I really am. Whether and, whether, uh, whether he I'm, wanted I'm, to do it or whether he didn't want to do it, whether yeah. it was a good move or bad move, whatever, whatever side you're on with it, however you're looking at it, I don't think Manfred had much of a choice because Delta and Coke both said, biggest sponsors of Major League Baseball said, get out of town. When corporate America's largest corporations are finding something wrong with the with the legislation passed in Georgia. Oh, no. Then then you know it's time it's time for for people to go. You know what? Th- there's no argument here. There's this this false narrative is just ridiculous. You're, it's just you're, ridiculous. You're you're right, but all I'm saying is that no matter what side Manfred himself was on, he didn't have a choice but right. to say money <laughs> was, money talks. Money talks. That's But what I'm saying is that finally maybe the corporations and maybe you could be cynical about it and say it's it's about their pocketbooks but maybe maybe they're finally saying you know what we're not going to lose anybody no you know mitch mcconnell's not going to isn't going to fly delta because we you know stood up for this (laughs) (laughs) and even if he does who gives a shit win-win so in any event i I, I thought it was interesting to, to see a lot of the uh a lot of the chatter about uh, people. I'm, I'm I'm not watching any baseball. I'm there's, not buying any products. I'm not buying any merchandise. There was uh, any, there, there, there was three people that were yeah. saying that. No, it was. I'm sure it's, it's a, a lot. It's a, it's there a was bunch. actually a ton. Ted Nugent was pissed. He, he's not gonna. And, uh, there was he's gonna time. kill seven elks tomorrow. Just. But to I had. Well, they were like, they're not gonna get my my seat in a my ass in a seat at a stadium. And my my reaction was good. Fucking riddance. Yeah, here's, here, here's, here's, <laughs> you will not be missed. Here's the yeah. thing you will that, not be missed. Take a look at thing, what happened in Texas. Here's the right. thing I got to tell you. There's there's two things with that whole thing. Two. Just two. Two things that I, I feel bad for. 
one all the small business owners around or just the city of atlanta because atlanta is this incredibly all right you know primarily african-american city in the heart a big blue dot in the heart of right you know uh feel 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 horrible for that and uh, that's number one and number two there were going to be there was going to be a big all-star game uh dedication to uh or or tribute to or whatever it was to hank aaron And Which they're still going to do. Well, it's still do, but it's not in Atlanta now. So yeah, just, and that, that yeah, that's kind of a, a shame. Right. Did you see the uh, Did you see the cover up on all of the all of the Braves uniforms? They actually took a patch of jersey and just sewed it over the All Star patch on their jersey. So it's just like it's, it's like it's almost like a prize. Like if you peel it back, there's the All Star patch, and I'll put it back. And like, yeah. But um, they just yeah. they took the 2021 and made it 2031. <laughs> But uh, yeah, anyway, I don't know. But yeah, it's in either way. It's in Denver, uh, so we'll have to uh, uh, that that ju- that week in July. We'll have to do the show from. Uh, we'll have to do the show from uh, out there. I do the show from out here every week. <laughs> you should do. <laughs> uh, I would have said we could do it from uh, from a bar a block and a half away from the stadium, but unfortunately, we can't. You don't want to go to any of the bars a block and a half, especially at All Star Weekend. No, 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 no. I just mean one particular one. <laughs> Oh, Chipotle yeah. Yeah. But anyway. yeah, it's going to be a kombucha bar, I'm sure. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> goat, goat yoga and kombucha. Yeah. Mm. Well, let me let me ask you one more question in baseball. I know this is, this is for Harry. Uh, how do you feel with uh, Roughneck Odor uh, coming up and them sending uh, Michael King down after his stellar outing? Outside? I don't understand it. I don't understand why you send King down. Uh, you know... My take so far is the Yankees pitching has exceeded my expectations from top to bottom. Bullpen starters, they just can't hit the ball. Right. I mean, you know, last two games aside, yeah, but and they're down 2-1 to the Orioles now in the bottom of the six. You know, Gardner's up with Sanchez. I, they just the, – the, the big hitters are just not really hitting. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't understand that. I thought King was lights out. I thought that was a great – game that he pitched he was the first yankee reliever to throw six innings and allow one hit or fewer since yeah, bob, I mean, it's, it's not, it's since not bob like, shirley in 1986 it's not like going away it's not like he was traded to you know another team but mm-hmm. um they we'll sent him down they could bring him back up again but i just thought it was silly to do that but hey well they got to make room for him who else are they going to send down you can never have enough pitchers yeah exactly if they can't score they can't win this is true this is true all right um Anything else in the world of Major League Baseball going on? Look, the Reds, what a great start for them. And this kid from Detroit, what what an absolute Cinderella story so far. You know, I mean. First first Major League at bat, he had a home run. His second day, he had a grand slam. How do you pronounce his name? I'm uh, trying to figure that out right now. Yeah. Abadu? Babadook. 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 I thought it was a Badu, but I don't know. Uh, Erica Badu? I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I but, don't uh, think it's Erica Badu. No. Nah. Uh, where is he? It's Bad, Badu, isn't it? I think it's Badu. Yeah. Is it Badu? Uh, but he, you know, he's off, he's off to a hell of a start. And look. Akil Badu. Yeah. Akil yeah. Badu. Akil Badu. And, that uh, sounds Akil right. Badu. Yeah, the Dodgers look good other than their. their the Dodgers' Achilles heel is 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 their closer, Jansen. and uh, yeah, the, and and uh, other than that, I, 
I still think they're the team to beat. Now, the, 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 the A's, and uh, I thought they were going to do better. Now. I mean, granted, it's only six games in the season for them, but they're, they're, they're winless. Oh, they won today. They did win today. Yeah, they they yeah. beat Jan- they they tied the game up Jansen in the ninth, and they won it with the little league rules in the tenth. Unbelievable with that. Yeah. Unbelievable. With that. Yeah, there you go. They won today. You're right. Yeah, I mean the AL East is um, a bit topsy turvy, right? I mean, Baltimore's terrible. Baltimore got out to a good start. Baltimore's uh, terrible, they, but they're tied with they, the Yankees for first place. Well, well if they, 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 they went today. They they'll the be uh, if they win today, yeah. they're in first place. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay is two and four. We didn't expect them to no, be as early. good, but maybe not at the bottom. No, it is. But you know, look, you got uh, Houston's five and one. Mm-hmm. Phillies five and one. Uh, I'll tell you what the the, the Blue Jays five and one. The Blue Jays look good. The Twins look good. The Tigers look way better than I, I thought they were going to be. The Astros the are Astros are off to a great start. I I'll tell you I think Texas is going to be a team to reckon with, and I wasn't quite sure of that going into the season. And I, Angels look Angels look pretty damn good too. They do. They do. And uh, the Cincinnati Reds, yeah, they're not missing good. the. They're not. They are. They are clobbering. Yeah. The baseball. I think they've averaged over nine runs a game so far. Fifty-seven runs scored. Fifty-seven six runs games in six games and twenty-six <laughs> allowed. So do the math. <laughs> so, I mean, a little yeah, over that, four. Yeah, uh, the plus thirty-one. Yeah, and that is. Uh, let's see who who is the Dodgers. I mean, not, plus, the Dodgers are plus bottom. fifteen. Houston is plus twenty-seven. Minnesota's plus 16. The Yankees are plus 11. So mm-hmm. far and away, yep. they are not only scoring them, but also yeah, uh, yeah there's, a, there's a handful of teams that have given up less than uh, less than everybody's 26, been, but not, not a whole lot. Everybody's lost already, though. That's So, I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of parity this year. And, um, uh, you know. I, that, that's, that, I think that's a good thing, though. I do. Yeah. This way, you know, it's not nobody's running away with anything. It's it's everybody, you know, or most not not obviously everybody, but most a lot of teams are in it down the stretch. And I don't mean down the stretch the last two weeks. I mean in August, there's nobody that's out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's that's a good thing, or nobody that's a clear runaway kind of thing. I mean, look but, the, I, for the Yankees. Corey Kluber looked okay. Uh, Talon, yeah, he, he gave up three hits, two earned runs, and in, in almost five innings. Coles had two strong outings, one one, and and was a no decision on another that they wound up losing. Uh, I think Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery was okay. I, I think the Yankees starting pitching is going to be all right. I just would like to see them go a little deeper into games because this bullpen is going to be worked to death yep. if they don't get some innings out of this. Well, they're going to. I mean, you know, on that note, all right. If if Major League Baseball is going in the direction of pitchers starting pitchers aren't going longer than four and five innings on a, a regular 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 basis they're going to have to expand the rosters because you're going to kill everybody that you have in the bullpen i agree they're they that will absolutely have to expand the rosters i agree I mean, either no that or you're going to have to like uh you know send down a couple of your first teamers for uh you know, for a few weeks to just sort of rest, or just, or yeah, <laughs> or have or have a forty-man roster, and then just designate every day, designate you know thirteen of them that they can't they can't play. You know, just right, around, right, right. You know. Yeah, but you uh, guys uh, just hang out. You're not you're not doing anything. You guys, you're not doing anything today. But you can, you, know, you pitched last night. Perfect. You're sitting down today. You're out. Go sit in the stands. Have a hot dog and a beer. 
You know, it's 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 fun to watch baseball again, and I'm glad it's starting. You know, when it normally starts, and so far, with the exception of the Nationals, we, you know, we, they. I mean, I don't know why these guys are not vaccinated yet. It's anyway. Um, I'm sure they will be soon. I just, hope, I just, I just hope be. that the the erraticism and the local decision making at these ballparks does not cause just super spreader events because I, I don't know how. 80, you know, 40,000 people at Arlington Stadium cannot be more of a risk than, you know, 14,000 everywhere else or 8,000. We can wait another three weeks, four weeks to get this. Well, that, yeah. See, eyes. that's the thing. It's going to be interesting if the players all get the vaccine. And they I should. mean, there's, there's three to three to four million shots in the general public uh, almost on a daily basis now right it's multiple couple million each last time i checked most of the most of the major league baseball players have not been vaccinated yeah Yeah. but if you get them vaccinated then you put you know 40 50 thousand in the stands and then you have a you know then 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 you have a spike in in let's say just if you want to come into the game then you get you have 40 40 thousand needles at the at the baseball game just stick people in the arm as they come in well go. you get a card right you get it i get got a punch card. card i get no i got a card that says when i got my first vaccine and, and yeah. then they're gonna write it when i get my second so yeah you know there's an app make people you, make you don't people... have to shove your app <laughs> you don't have to have it on your yeah app. that's true right you don't even need a piece of paper thank god for the card i want a card I don't want a fucking app, another the app vaccine, on my goddamn The vaccine show. passport that uh, you right. Know, right. the conservatives are railing against. And so, you, 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 can't go anywhere your phone unless, you can't go anywhere unless you have your passport. Yeah, yeah here's your passport. Here's your passport. So yeah. let them look. Let them all be. Unfortunately, and it's the politicians that are being stupid, as well as the people, right? Yeah. By, by the governors, by opening these things up. Yeah. And the people are going to go because they can't help themselves. And then they're all going to get sick, mm. or at least some of them are going to get sick. And then you're going to have yeah, an empty ballpark. Yeah. Then yeah. it'll be empty, yeah. Right. Or there'll just be another sixty thousand fans or fifty thousand fans that go and look. And yeah, the right. We're, right. we're not. We're not. We're not going to solve any of those issues. I do want to take this time to congratulate both of you as Jets fans <laughs> in the timely handoff, both of us, and, and dismissal. Well, you're you you have half a household as a Jets fan. You actually <laughs> kind of I have. Yeah, <laughs> you you watch them. You tolerate them. I tolerate them more than yeah. you do, but yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think? What do you think of of well, Sam Darnold actually for, going first away? I will, first, I will say thank you for that. I appreciate that, and I will just let it be known that I am the biggest Jets fan in the world. Well, you, no, no, and here's here's I'm going to explain why. I don't know that much about the team history, or I can't name more than three or four players, whatever. However, yes, yes you can. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. However, I had a child that I groomed and forced to become a musical composer just so that he could write a fanfare that we could use on this podcast one day. Mm-hmm. And he's go. 19 now. That's planning. That is. That's number one. And number two, I had a second child. And I forced him when he was young and cute to say something funny about the Jets, which is going to be part of their sounder in this upcoming season. And this yeah, is so, so, and this, he's this 16. Is the fan, 
And this so is wait, what you're saying is that if you're a Jets family, patience is a virtue. And this is the fanfare. Ooh. This was in. This has been in the works. This is nice. Nearly two decades. I think George Lucas would be happy. I don't know why it's not playing, but <laughs> I was playing. It was. Yeah, I was hearing it. Yeah, you were. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. I know why. So I'm just saying that that's how big a Jets fan. <laughs> this is it. Right here. I've been plotting and planning and using my children to create. I'm seeing, I'm seeing visions of Mark Gaston. I while I listen to that. I see a mullet flapping in the breeze. There so go. there you go. Yeah. Well, they fell short. They fell short of that goal too. Yeah, but, uh, I know. Thank God, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they'd have Trevor Lawrence if they reached that goal. Well, I'll That's tell you true. what. Let's talk more about the uh, the Jets move and and what that actually did for the team or didn't do for the team when we uh, when we get to NFL really quick. Right now, we should probably do our top ten list. All right. So oh yeah, about that. since our top ten related. list is still baseball related, so yeah, we'll go back to baseball. Here we go. All right, this week. Our top 10 list this week is top 10. Oh, that's the wrong one. That was last week. This is this week. Let me get it right here. Hold on. Top 10. Top 10 spitball pictures top of 10 all time. Top 10 spitball pictures of Top all 10 best time. hot dogs. Top 10 professional wiffle ball players. Top 10 pictures in Major League Baseball history. There we go. If ever there was an easier top 10 list, I don't this know what is it is. This is by far the easiest one we've done. And by we easy, had... I mean hell no. It wasn't, it wasn't as hard as you, as I, you know, yeah, it's hard to get it down to 10. It's hard to get it down to 10. The I mean, difference, I think 70, the difference, but, I know. think the difference with this one is most of our lists, we kind of agree on the top two, three, four, and then it's that five to 10 where we have some, you know, moving, other, moving than, my, other than my, you know, whatever I put in at number two. <laughs> this one, I think. We didn't fit in prime. I mean, one and two were pretty much kind of set, but yeah, crazy. Three, four, five. There's a half a dozen names at least that you could put realistically in in any of those spots. You really well, could, and it's and it's all criteria was. Compare, you look at some of these numbers of some of these old school pitches, and you're, they're just staggering. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah. you even look at numbers of people like Greg Maddox and Randy Johnson and Roger Clemens from you know the '80s and '90s, and you're like, damn. Yeah. Um, you know, it, this is one of those lists, though, where I'm like, you know, there's there's maybe three or four guys that are still pitching today that might, with a long shot, get onto this list. But not, might. not many. Not many. No. Yeah. Not many. All right. Um, well, let's have it there. There's a few. So let's 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 begin it here. And I'm just going to pull this up so I can have it aside. Number 10G. Here we go. Number 10F. No. Um <laughs> We have two ties, folks. Shocker, we have ties in this. We actually do. There are legitimate ties. We have a, t- a tie for 10th and a tie for 8th. So we'll start off with 10B. 10B is Mr. Lefty Grove. Lefty Grove. He pitched from 1925 to 1941. He had 300 wins. Uh, had a, a career ERA of uh, 3.06. And he pitched 1.91 strikeouts per walk. Uh, anything either of you want to add to that? If he'd had 301, he would have made my list. The funny part is, is he pitched right-handed. Uh, no, I, I will say this. This is how you know he was great. Uh, there's a there's an old uh, uh, Nintendo, the NES system game, called Baseball Stars. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of teams that are preset in the game, and one of them is like the All-Stars game. And one of the pitchers is Lefty. Mm-hmm. And I 
when I was first playing the game as a young man, I had no idea who Lefty was and later found out left the Lefty in that game, which was designed by uh, Japanese game makers, mm-hmm. uh, picked Lefty Grove as one of their starting sure. pitchers. So yeah. you know he was good if he made it into if he made it the into baseball stars all star game all star yeah. on the super uh, or rather on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, yeah. Circa I don't know nineteen eighty seven or something <laughs> like the yeah not eighty seven is too late eighty seven is too late yes. So there, um, so there you go. Number ten B, Lefty Grove. Right. So bring us to number ten A. Number ten A is Tom Terrific himself, the franchise, Tom Seaver. Uh, <laughs> 1967 through 1986, he had 311 wins in his career, uh, career ERA of 2.86, and he pitched 2.61 strikeouts per walk. Um, uh, the first, the, fir- the beginning of his career, obviously, the last eight years of his career uh, tailed off a bit, obviously, but, uh, but the beginning of his career when he was pitching, I mean, he was going up against guys, he was like, uh, you know, uh, we talked about this before, uh, uh, like uh, Steve Carlton and Phil Necro and all those guys, and he was better than them. Uh, you know, uh, you know, at, at at least as good, if not better. Well, than his, his his career ERA is still career, right? even after even, those even latter with years. bad years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Not even bad, just downtrodden. And look, he's done something much like Joe Namath. He's going to go down in the lore of playing for the Mets because he did it. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, yeah, I mean he. He, he, I think still to, to this day, I mean, when people ask who's the greatest Met of all time, I think he's probably the people's first choice, you, right? You, we'll, we'll, we'll do that list at some point during the season. Yeah, he's going to be, yeah. be number one on mine. Let's put yeah. that one. Yeah. So well, there you go. Number 10A, the franchise, Tom Terrific, Tom Sieber. Uh Brings us to number nine. Number nine is Mr. Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax played from 1955 to 1966. Uh, had 165 wins, had a, a 165 uh, wins, 87 losses. He pitched 2,324.1 innings, uh, career ERA of 2.76, and he pitched uh, 2.94 strikeouts per walk. And I think it's his postseason numbers. Because, sure. I mean, his, he didn't pitch all that long. I'm not sure what ended his career. I'm not sure if it was an injury or what. Mm-hmm. But it was arthritis, it, I think. Yeah, but his postseason numbers were – Fantastic. Staggering. Yeah, we talk yeah. about kind of the, the Koufax rule, right? You've got to mm-hmm. do it for a, over a, a length of time. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly – actually, I heard some guys talking about um, – they were talking about DeGrom, mm-hmm. and they were saying, well, at this point, if he, if he you know, stopped pitching now, you wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame because he doesn't mm-hmm. have the longevity. But Koufax, you're right, with those postseason numbers, and he was just so dominant – uh, even though it was for a shorter period of time, that uh, to me he definitely belongs on this list. I know well, that a lot of people who say you can do it long enough, but right. when he was at his best, he was the best. And he was he was just one of those guys who connected to a certain generation of fans. And you know his 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 background was something that you didn't necessarily see in in pro sports a lot, especially as you know not pitching on the Sabbath and, and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it, it, it was controversial at the time. But I think for a lot of young Jewish kids, he was certainly a, a hero in a lot of ways. Yeah. Sure. And uh, for a lot of people, you know, it, it, he, 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 was, he was the right guy at the right time, and he seemed to connect with, with, uh, with a, lot of, a lot of people, even beyond the, the, the baseball fans. Right, and wasn't a huge guy, 
wasn't necessarily overpowering, but he was just a great pitcher. And for those, what, three or four or five years, he was arguably much like Seaver, just dominant. Yep. He was dominant. Yeah, yeah he was. And there you go. Number nine, Sandy Koufax. It brings us to number 8B. Number 8B is Mr. Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan pitched from 1966 <laughs> to 1933. 1993. Yeah, he pitched, he pitched from 1906 to 2006. He pitched for 100 years. He was when he was 89, but he pitched for 100 years. But he pitched for five years after that. That's right. Now, he was... But only in relief. Six, yeah. 66 to 93, uh, had 324 wins, a career ERA of 3.19, and he pitched 2.05 strikeouts per walk. Um, yeah, it, it, longevity is with, with Nolan. He's just... Uh, oh, and the best fights. Yeah. The best <laughs> well, fights ever. Still. <laughs> still. Still. Yeah, if, you, if you go to that old age home in Encino, he's, he's still throwing it down. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and, and I guess the thing about Ryan is... He just he he was who he was and he did what he did. Did for it for a long in, time. For his entire career, right? The 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 Ryan Express was the Ryan Express and it was, you know, from day 1 until his last uh, day on the mound. That was who he was. He just came at you and he threw hard. Well, he's and, one of those uh, last guys who you'd still see out there pitching in the 8th and ninth inning down 7 to 3. Yeah. You know, I mean, he struck out 12 guys, he just happened to, you know, have a couple unearned runs and give up four runs and but he you know he was just part of that generation he probably i don't know as a kid i always felt even, and he was even older when we were kids you know he wasn't a young all around he was already seemed a little older but right just seemed scary just dominant you know one of those guys kind of like clemens on steroids you know just mean <laughs> no, kind of like, like clemens on steroids well, kind of like Clemens when, uh, you know, against the Mets in the World <laughs> Series. <laughs> Throw bats. And, uh, I'm not going to say yeah. he was on steroids at that point, but he seemed to really be amped up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think he liked Mike Piazza too much. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. I think he wanted to stick that bat in. Well, he Piazza. ate it after he broke it. He ate it in the dugout <laughs> in between innings. Yeah. Ryan was a guy, if you, if you thought twice about it, you just wouldn't mess with him. Yeah. And just, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I kind of remember him getting in fights and then still pitching. That might be just a myth that I'm making up. But, like, I don't think he got thrown out after fights then. I think it was just like, right, the other guy started. I beamed him in the head. But, like, yeah. Uh, you know, well, I okay. think the umpires didn't want to throw him out of the game because they were right. they were worried he was going to come after right. them. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Probably. <laughs> like, that's right. Oh, uh, yeah. no, you're good. Yeah, go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because he could easily just he could just easily throw at the umpire's head the yeah. next time right. that guy was behind the plate and he was on the mound. Exactly. Yeah. You throw me out, I'm going to beam you. Right. <laughs> He's like the Clint Eastwood of pitchers, you know. <laughs> That's what he always reminded me of. Unbelievable. That's funny. Number Greg, 8B. Number 8B, Nolan Ryan. So there we go. Number 8A, Gregory Maddox. Greg Maddox. He pitched from 1986 to 2008, 23 seasons. Uh, he uh, had a uh, – his numbers were three – he uh, won 355 games, lost 227 games. So 355 and 227. Um, 5,000 over 5,000 innings pitched, 5,008.1 to be exact. Career ERA of 3.16, and he had three. I'm sorry, 3.37 strikeouts per walk. He was more of a strikeout guy than, than you think. Yeah, and I remember. 
But I just remember him being part of that early on, the one, two, three punch of those Braves pitching staffs before Smoltz moved to the bullpen. I mean, it was. Yeah, Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz. Glavin and Smoltz. I mean, oof. Well, he's got the most strikeouts per walk. On uh, yeah. on these, yeah, on I this mean, list. almost he's, on he's just shy of four, so that's uh, he was, uh, and he was. I mean, he had heat, and he was definitely a combination pitcher. He had power; it wasn't like you know he was, but he was maybe the most complete pitcher of the modern era on this list. In that he did it for a long time, and he didn't always do it with just throwing heat. He was a complete, and he kept adding pitches to his game. And I mean, he did, he did. He was a he was a model of consistency. I mean, he was he reminded me a little bit of Andy Pettit in some ways, mm-hmm. but just had better numbers and did it for far longer, much yeah. longer, absolutely. Yeah, probably if the Braves in general had had a little more postseason success than probably some of the well, guys they, on those they, teams, they were the be, Bills. They were the Bills of that right. Time. But I mean, I mean if, if they, they just didn't win the World Series, yeah. If they if they'd won, you know, one or two more World Series, then then you know some of those players would have been looked at a little bit more favorably. Sure. But it's certainly, I mean, by and large, it wasn't Greg Maddox's fault that they weren't oh, winning. No. I, I can't remember t- too many times where he went out and put up a, a stinker, you know, in the series. No, I, and on those brief teams, I don't think it was really anybody's fault because they had a good offense. They had a good defense. They had a good manager. They just played against the better, better teams yeah. at that time. Yeah, super teams. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, I mean, yeah. They, they uh, yeah, well, they, yeah, that's true. They lost other than, they lost to the, uh, uh, who else did they lose to? The Yankees twice, and uh, did they lose to the uh, Marlins? Was that the Marlins in 03, right? They lost. It wouldn't have been the Marlins. In 03. Really? The Marlins were in the... Marlins, Marlins won the World Series in 97 and 03. Okay. I thought that was the Indians that the, beat the, that the Marlins no, the, beat. The Indians beat the Marlins, Marlins beat the Indians in 97. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. No, I'm trying to remember who they beat in 03. I can't think of it, but, um, but I thought the I thought the Braves were in... Uh, they were in earlier too. I mean, they lost to who did they lose to? They lost. Jimmy, to, can uh, you look Blue up Jays. those numbers for us? Jimmy, or look, statis- check that out. Statistician will check that out. Well, the Braves him. lost to the Blue Jays, right? That's they right. With uh, what's his name? Joe Carter. Uh, oh yeah. Carter. And uh, and then they, they then they beat the Indians. Then they lost to the Yankees and uh, twice. Yeah. So mm. there you go. All right. Well, there you go, Mister Number Eight A, Mister Greg Maddox, brings us to number seven, uh, Mister Bob Gibson. Uh, played from 1959 to 75, had 251 wins, pitched 3,884 innings, uh, career ERA of 2.91 under three, and uh, 3.10 strike uh, strikeouts per walk. Um, yeah, Bob Gibson was. Uh, this is the second list in a row <laughs> that Bob Gibson is on. Well, and he, Bob Gibson was so dominant for a stretch in his career that they changed the physical makeup of the baseball diamond because of his dominance, Mm -hmm. you know, changing the height of the mound and, and the the distance. I mean, there were, there were, there were Gibson rules and uh, yeah, he was, uh, he he was, he was was pretty pretty dominant. He was a badass. He was a badass in every way. Yeah. He was a badass. That's for sure. Yeah. He, in, in 1968, he posted a 1.12 ERA for the season. One and struck out 17 people in game one of the 1968 World Series. <laughs> and he wasn't pitching four and two thirds. No. Or, or, you know, even probably six no. on anything resembling a regular basis. No. He was the, and he was the MVP in 64 and 67. 
Yeah. And uh, if if the Cardinals had won in '68, he would have been the MVP of that too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, they say 1968 was the year of the pitcher, but yeah, it, it, he was the best of the best. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Well, there you go. Number seven, Bob Gibson. That brings us to number six. Number six is the big unit himself, Randy Johnson. The best mullet on this list. The best mullet on the list. And how tall was he? Seven, <laughs> seven foot eight, right? I believe. Uh, seven six. He seven, was seven, uh, as tall as Manu Paul. He, okay. he was. Uh, he was. Yeah, he's tall as Yao Ming. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, ridiculously, uh, ridiculously tall. The big unit. Six yeah. eight, right? Six, six seven. Six seven. Oh. seven yeah. Six, no, seven, he was, six, no, no. He was like six ten, I think. Randy Johnson. Oh yeah, no, that's right. That's yeah, right. I think he was. I think he was like six nine, six ten. Yeah, six nine. Six nine. Six nine. Six ten with cleats. Six nine. Anything them. over like six five or six six. It's all. Yeah. It doesn't matter at that point. You're tall. Yeah. Uh, so in any event, um, yeah, uh, played from eighty eight to oh nine. Uh, 303 uh, career wins, uh, pitched 4,135 innings. Um, career ERA of 3.29, uh, 3.25 strikeouts per walk. Um, he had a, uh, you know, and, and you know, made a cameo in uh, the movie Little Big League, too. There you go. So. I just wish he came to the Yankees a little sooner in his career. A little career. sooner than that, yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, he destroyed a seagull or a pigeon or whatever that uh, you was. remember that remember that yeah oh my yeah. god i mean absolutely that just <laughs> yeah. that, that bird disintegrated uh, yeah, randy just... johnson was just i look I, I, from what i from what i have heard guys on the radio talk about is you just you didn't talk to him on game day like nobody did you just yeah, he, him alone. he's the only guy that could be as nasty as right Nolan ryan but the rest of the time he was a pretty nice guy yeah but you know kind of you know shied away from didn't want to be the center of attention, which is hard when you're six nine or six ten and you throw the baseball the way you do. But uh, you know, he was intimidating, no question about that. Here's a, here's an interesting stat about uh, about Johnson. He uh, between between going from Seattle to Arizona, he was had a brief stop in Houston, if you remember, uh, played in Houston. He had eleven starts. He went ten and one. Yeah. <laughs> New team, ten and one with yeah. with an ERA of one point two eight. Well, he was dominant in Seattle. And he was obviously great for Arizona, but I think his legacy with Arizona was really more of that one World Series win where, I mean, not only did he win, I think he won two games as a starter, but he came in and won the third game as a reliever, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 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 And everybody talks about the bloody side. He he was dominant and there was no pitch count. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. Well, I, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was against Johnson in the All Star game when uh, Larry Walker uh, turned his batting helmet around and batted from the right side because he didn't yeah. want to didn't want to face Johnson as a lefty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he, uh, I think he either he got a different helmet or he just turned it around or something. That's pretty. Yeah. And, uh, and batted right hand. Yeah, that two thousand one. I mean, I, look, I wanted a different outcome in that two thousand one World Series, but he was. Just dominant, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and that I think was the pinnacle of his career in a lot of ways. Yeah, it definitely was. And look, the Arizona upon his retirement, he was actually given as a pro as a gift from the Diamondbacks Neil Neil Pert's drum set. Really serious? Really not joking? Yeah, this is the truth. There's video of it. 
the Why actual did- kit that Neil Peart played on tour that year, because Randy Johnson's a big Rush fan and, and you know, uh, tries to play drums. And uh, that's what they gave him as a, as a, as a, as a gift when they retired his number. Why did they have it? Well, they bought it. Oh, okay. Oh, they bought oh, Okay. They stole it. At that point in his life, Neil Peart was pretty slow. He didn't realize it. <laughs> Where'd my drum set go? <laughs> Andy got, Johnson. Randy Johnson, Johnson stole it. it. I, I imagine Neil probably had a couple others. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. a few. But, I think uh, his so endorsement they, deal with Tama was covering that. Covering them, yeah. So, uh, so they bought it from uh, they bought it from uh, him and uh, gave it to Randy Johnson when he retired his number. That's great. yeah. I think it was. I think they bought it at an auction and then they gave it to. I don't know. They, you can look it up. I don't know. To check it out. And check to this out. day, Randy we'll has almost got the drum part from YYZ down. No, he definitely, he definitely does it. Did you ever see Archer, the movie Archer, <laughs> no. or the the show Archer? There's a guy in Archer, and they goes, I, I, I have to tell you this. I, I, got, I got some really big news. And the main character, Archer, goes, you finally <laughs> nailed the drum part to YYZ? And he goes, no. Now that's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His his van uh, on that series has caressive steel painted on the that's side. That's great. That's great. That's great. Uh, we know somebody that definitely tried, right, Pat? Yes. But... Uh... Came close Man. maybe a couple of times, but I know how to play the beginning. <laughs> the beginning of the drum solo or the beginning of the song? The beginning of the song. song right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, little... I've played the song, I mean, not for 20 years, but uh, never the solo. No, the solo. No. So. Anyway, well, that's that'll be on the Rush show. We'll do that one when we wear the kimonos. So, anyway. Number top ten, top ten rush drum parts. That top ten no rush drum parts that none of us can play while wearing kimonos. <laughs> top top ten rock and roll camel toes. Oh, God. <laughs> what a turn! All right, number six is uh, Randy Johnson. All right, that brings us to number five. Number five is Mr. Roger Clemens himself. There they go. So Roger Clemens played from nineteen eighty four. Till 2007, uh, 354 career wins, f- almost 5,000, just shy of 5,000 innings, innings pitched. Um, career ERA of 3.12, and just shy of three strikeouts per walk. Uh, he pitched a long time. He did pitch a long time. He what was he 40, 44 when he retired? Something like that, somewhere yeah. in there, 44, 45, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, I mean, he had the body of a 20. Way. He had the body of a 26 year old at the time. Oh, so. Yeah, in, in, mean, in the trunk of his car. But. It helped. I mean, for the pitchers, it certainly <laughs> helped them recuperate from injuries. That's what they took it for. Right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't like he was eating small children like uh, Barry Bonds. <laughs> well, actually, Bonds was uh, grinding him up and then running Clemens him into didn't his, go. Clemens he put him into a smoothie, right? Clemens, did, Clemens was always a big dude. He didn't go from 170 to 280 right. in three years. Yeah. <laughs> Clemens was in decline, and then he started – you taking steroids, and then he had a resurgence. He had a resurgence with Toronto and with the Yankees. There you go. I mean, it's was in decline before he came to the Yankees. Come on, yeah. he, he wasn't. The no, no, but, the but, after the Yankees, yeah. when he went, when he left the Yankees, and went down to uh, Houston. To Houston. Yeah. Just look at his career track. You see, he was falling off, and then suddenly he was. He did something. With, he did something with the Yankees. He couldn't do anywhere else. Yep, yeah, this is true. He wasn't able to do it uh, early on in his career in Boston. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, God. Thanks to uh, uh, the curse Wilson, of the Bambino. Mookie Wilson and uh, <laughs> Bill Buckner, Ray Knight, yeah. and well, of course Bill, Bill Buckner. Buckner but <laughs> but that's right. He was on that team. He was on that team. Yes, yep. he was. Yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah. There he goes, Roger Clemens. Uh, 
Number five. Brings us to number four, Grover Pete Alexander. Played from 1911 to 1930. Uh, 373 career wins, uh, career ERA of 2.56, and pitched 2.31 strikeouts per walk. Uh, Grover, uh, his friends called him Pete. Uh, everybody else was. Uh, How many complete games did he have? It's something staggering that I'll just, yeah. Oh, it's over 200, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, insane. it's outrageous. <laughs> By the way, what was his middle name? Uh, Jersey Johnny. His middle name, Pete. Pete Alexander, Grover, maybe it was Pete. I don't know. It, it no, was yeah. Cleveland. Cleveland. Grover, Grover Cleveland Alexander. No, it actually was. It really was. Yeah, you're not. You're not. You're not joking. No, I'm not. Grover joking. Cleveland Alexander. Was that a coincidence, or did his parents like the former president? I imagine that was. <laughs> I was going to say that has a very presidential ring. They, did, yeah, they, didn't, they didn't have very good judgment, but yes, they were fans of Grover Cleveland. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Never tell or you. Or maybe they you. were from Cleveland. I don't know, but maybe they were from Cleveland. Maybe that was it. <clears throat> Played for the Cleveland Steamers in the South Asian League <laughs> before uh, they moved to the Americas. That's right. Uh, but that, that, but that, after, after a while, there he got a little rusty. So uh, that's right. That's right. He couldn't. Uh, they were the Budokan Steamers. Yeah, the Budokan Steamers. Yeah. Yes. Uh, was, anyway, um, so uh, yeah, he had a lot of. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to find the. I can't. I can't look for it. I can't find it. The. Uh, uh, the amount of uh, complete games he had, but uh, 373 wins was uh, good for uh, tie for third on Major League Baseball's all-time wins list, and he just happens to be tied. And he was number four on our list. He just happens to be tied with number three on our list. Uh, number three on our list is Mr. Christy Mathewson. Uh, Christy Mathewson. Uh, very similar from, numbers. Very very similar numbers. Played from 19. I'm sorry. Played from 1900. 19 ot ot to 1916, played 17 seasons, uh, 373 career wins, same thing, uh, 4,780.2 innings pitched, uh, pitched to a 2.13 ERA, and just shy also, same as Roger Clemens, just shy of three uh, strikeouts per walk, uh, 2.96. So Okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but this, okay, this is just ridiculous. Grover, Pete, Cleveland's complete games right. in his career. Yep. 436. He had, he had over 30 complete games. One, two, three, four, five, six times. <laughs> he started 600 games and he finished 400 and change. That's, I mean, I, I had to check it three times because I was like, this, no, this has to be a typo. But no, he had, yeah. He had 436 complete games. 436. Yes. That's insane. And there were no seven-inning uh, doubleheaders. Which means you know, he lost 80, you know, at least 80 complete games or, you know, something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, at least. Yeah. Not, not more. I mean, that doesn't mean that he just won every complete game that he uh, – or all of his wins were true, complete games. True, true, yeah. You know, he had, uh, yeah, 600 starts. I'll put this back up. <laughs> 208 losses. 208 losses. And 32, uh, 696 games appeared in, 600 starts. 32 saves, by the way. Yep. Yeah. And a 1.12 whip. Yeah. But, which is incredible with, you know, 5,200 innings pitched. He whipped, yeah. it. He whipped it good. 
His war was a buck nineteen. It's just it's, it's insane. A hundred and nineteen wins above replacement. Wins above replacement. A hundred and nineteen. That's just stupid. That's just that's you're right. That's just stupid. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, well, we're in a bit of a slump, but we're going to pitch Grover for we're going to pitch Pete for the next four games. So he, he won the he he won the triple crown three times. He did. <laughs> he probably should be number two. Oh God! Give it all these unbelievable. Uh, am I just right? There's three guys we put ahead of him, and they were three. pretty unanimous. Yeah, I think on our list. Uh, yeah, I mean, not it's quite just the same you, order, but it was a different time. Still, I don't care if he, I don't care if he was pitching the chimpanzees that were blindfolded. <laughs> that's still a really good number. Yeah, those are great numbers for that. Even <laughs> it's insane for anything else. Oh my! How did his arm not fall off? <laughs> I, I bet you did. Uh, yeah. They sewed it back on every day. Uh, so, but uh, insane. There you go. <laughs> Grover once again, number four. Grover Pete. I'm sorry, Grover, Cleveland, Pete Alexander. There he was go. also a, he was also a drunk epileptic. <laughs> is this, is this for real? And, no, yes. I think I think he was yeah. deaf. I think it was deaf in one ear uh, yes. from uh, yeah. uh, in the being in the war. Right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. That was the War of 1812. That's great. <laughs> That's a Spanish American War. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, anyway, all right. Well, again, that brings us to number three. He was uh, a zombie. He was a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Christy he, Mathewson. Uh, I already gave his stats. Same thing, though. 373. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Runs, he but, wasn't a jump epileptic, though. <laughs> he wasn't, no, he wasn't. <laughs> but he did have a few ridiculous stats as well. Oh, my so, God. So, yeah, just unbelievable. Uh, he played, played from uh, his five-year peak was uh, 07 to 2011. That was Those were his best five years. He had 90 wins above replacement, too. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't 119, but it was he, 90. He also had a staggering amount of complete games. It's just unbelievable. That's crazy. That's why I laugh when somebody stops at six innings now and they pat themselves on the back. From, from 1907 to 1911, he won 139 games. It's an average of almost 28 games a year uh, each year uh, with a uh, .96 whip and a 1.69 ERA. Insane. Insane numbers. And and this is happening over a hundred years ago, folks. <laughs> over a hundred, hundred and ten, hundred and ten to a hundred and fourteen. He, he had four hundred and thirty-five complete games. Four hundred and thirty-five in games. seventeen years. Four hundred and thirty-five <laughs> complete games, and uh, who uh, and what did uh, what did uh, Grover? Uh, four thirty. I thought it was four four. 36. 436 eh? and 435. Wow, these yeah. numbers are, these two pictures are like identical. I know, it's really crazy. It's scary, yeah. But, uh, well, there you go. Number three, Christy Mathewson. That brings us. Yeah, 436 to 435. 435. Now, Mathewson did it in three less years, but yeah. Yeah. Still crazy. This is true. I mean, yeah, their numbers are just almost identical. It's mm -hmm. crazy. That is nuts. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that brings us to number two. Number two is another man that made uh, two lists in a row. Uh, Walter Johnson. Walter Johnson uh, played from 1907 to 1927. He won 100. I'm sorry. He won 100. He won 417 games. Uh, almost 6,000 innings pitched. 5,914. Uh, 5, uh, pitched to a two career 2.17 uh, ERA. Just and crazy, right? 2.58 strikeouts per walk. Uh, okay. Yeah. 
Well, this yeah, well, this is why he was number two and not number three. Is that he had five hundred and thirty-one complete games? Five hundred and thirty-one complete games, folks. Are you catching the, the? Are you getting the drift here? There weren't very many relief pitchers. He had years ago. thirty-eight complete games in nineteen ten. Thirty-eight complete games. He pitched in forty-five mm. games. Started forty-two. And completed 38 of the 42 that he started. Um, pitcher's arms would fall off today. And he had eight shutouts. He had 11 shutouts one year. One year. 11 shutouts one year. <laughs> now, now, you could say. You could. You know, some of these records might be a little bit off. But not that much off. Not like 100 complete games off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe it wasn't quite four thirty. No, I, but, well, I, I think they, I think they're look. They've been meticulously researched. Yeah, but you know, it, it, again, it it wasn't. He was still know. pitching complete games at thirty six. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 If the numbers were off a little bit, it wasn't wasn't that much. He so. played for for twenty one years, which you know, I mean, is back then you know the average lifespan was like thirty four. Well, he started when he was thirteen. So. Right. He he pitched for five years. He pitched with Gang Green, the Jets. Walter Johnson. He pitched for the Jets. That's right. He, yeah. had, syph- he had syphilis from nineteen ten. Oh, shut up. I was from palling around with Babe Ruth. That's right. Uh, Who surprisingly? Oh, well, maybe not surprisingly. But um, yeah, you would think Babe Ruth would be on this list. Babe Ruth might Babe Ruth might have made this uh, list. Yeah, it was close. Yeah. But uh, just another thing here: he he pitched in five, five starts, six games altogether uh, between nineteen twenty four and nineteen twenty five, both World Series. In all five of his starts, he went the distance, complete games, including a twelve inning loss in his first postseason appearance. Uh, yeah, that that all, guy that guy on second base to start the, the tenth inning really did him in. Did him in. <laughs> Uh, in all, he pitched 50 innings with a with a 2.52 ERA, and was on the mound when the Senators won the 24 World Series. So crazy, crazy, not bad, not bad, go. Walter Johnson. There you go. Well, that's it. Number two, Walter Johnson. And gee, I wonder who our number one pitcher of all time in Major League Baseball history is. It would be none other than Mister Cy Young. There he goes. Uh, pitched from 1890 to 1911. Had 511 career wins, uh, 7,354.2 innings pitched, a career ERA of six of 2.63, uh, 2.3 strikeouts uh, per walk, and uh, just talking about complete games, uh, 436 and 435 for uh, for uh, Andrew, uh, Alexander and. Five thirty-one. Five thirty-one for uh, Walter Johnson. Seven hundred and forty-nine. Seven hundred and forty-nine complete games. <laughs> the man pitched. And he only had five hundred and eleven wins. That, yeah, that's out of eight hundred and twenty-six games. He so. had he had forty-eight complete games in in eighteen ninety-two. Unbelievable. You want to guess, you wanna, wanna guess what his, what his uh, war was? What, what was it? <laughs> the civil? One, <laughs> 163. 163 wins above replacement. Yep. Yeah. He pitched so long, he was part of the Civil War and World War One. 
And um, if I remember correctly from some of my uh, baseball readings from many years ago, which I probably don't, but uh, back in the latter part of the 19th century, that is to say the late 1800s when he was pitching, a lot of the batters, they told the pitcher where they wanted the ball. Yeah. Uh, in the early days of the game, they were like, well, I like it down low. And the pitcher would you know, kind of throw it down there. So he was, you know, maybe for at least a part of some of the part of the, the early part of his career, he was throwing pitches based upon where the batter wanted, wanted them. it to pitch. <laughs> Still dominating. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Just insane. It's, 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 it's not a wonder why the award is named after this man. Uh, Denton True Young is his name. First name Denton, middle name True, T-R-U-E, Young. Cy was his nickname. There you go. By, uh, by the way, Babe Ruth had 107 complete games in 10 years that he pitched and had a 2.28 ERA, but he, he, he only won 94 games uh, as a starting pitcher. So uh, that's because he – was also playing right field. Right, yeah, he was the, the 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 days he wasn't pitching, he was playing right field. Well, there was a there was a chunk of time between nineteen fifteen and nineteen like nineteen or nineteen eighteen, really, where he had thirty two, forty four, forty one, and twenty eight twenty games where he start where he pitched, and then after that, he only pitched once or twice a year. Um, yeah, well, after eight, after nineteen eighteen, he was on the Yankees. He was he right. left the Red Sox. Nineteen eighteen was his last year on the Red Sox, yeah. and he didn't he didn't pitch very much with pitch, the Yankees. He didn't pitch very much at all with the Yankees. Yeah. Although he was, uh, you know, yeah. So, Cy Young had five, four, no, one, two, three, four seasons of thirty plus wins. He pitched two games in nineteen thirty, and one of them was a complete game. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Coming was, off a bender. And he was 62 at the time, too. Yes, that's right. That's right. Everybody back then was 62. Unbelievable. Oh, man. Well, there you go. Uh, that is uh, it's just an amazing list and very difficult to do uh, because there are just so many, so many good arms. I'm, I'm going to mention really quick, I'm going to bring this up over here, uh, a couple of uh, names that were on lists uh, that we did that, that didn't get mentioned. Just give them, give them a... Uh, uh, a nod, if you will, honorable mention. We'll go into these stats. Bob Feller, uh, Warren Spahn. Uh, oh, yeah, great. Uh, Steve Carlton, of course. And and Pedro Martinez just, just missed the... Yeah, Pedro, yeah, Pedro Martinez was great. I just could not bring myself to put him in my top ten. Uh, he was there, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I felt the same way about Clemens. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And Greg Maddox, apparently. So, uh, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I... Ish. Nah. I don't we know. Had him lower. When, yeah. yeah. Just but, a little bit uh, lower. <laughs> a little bit lower. There you go. Well, anyway, number one, of course, was Mr. Denton True Cy Young. There you go. Born in Gilmore, Ohio. There he is. And buried so, in Peoria, I think. He was yeah. one of the original Gilmore girls. No, Pioli. Excuse me. Pioli. Pioli's. Pioli's, yeah. Pioli's. Uh, 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 in Ohio, yeah, uh, new newcomerstown or whatever, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, he was one of the original Gilmore Girls. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, and there you go. All right. Well, that of course, as always, will bring us to none other than this week's edition of Old Balls. Old Balls. Harry, why don't you tell us who this week's Old Balls is? 
This week's recipient of the high honor of old balls is none other than Edwin Charles Whitey Ford. I would say, I would say it's probably hard to argue the best pitcher the Yankees ever had. He was an amateur free agent signed in 1947 and did not play for another two years because he served in the Korean War before he actually started pitching for the Yankees in 1953. He uh, was 236 and 106 with a 2.75 ERA. He was a 10 times all-star. He was a six-time World Series champion. He won the Cy Young Award in 1961, won the World Series MVP that year. He was a three-time American League wins leader, two-time Major League Baseball ERA leader, and uh, is obviously in the Hall of Fame. And uh, his uh, he's one of the honored in Monument Park at Yankee Stadium. I think, you know, being a Yankees fan, I think what's incredible about Whitey Ford is that you know, we talked about Sandy Colfax, who, who probably had, a, you know, even, maybe even a little less uh, of amount of games that he pitched. But Ford was just great in the postseason. You know, he, he obviously had more opportunities, but he had 10 World Series victories more than any other pitcher. He also led all starters in World Series losses with eight and starts. He started 22 World Series games. And... um he broke Babe Ruth's World Series records of 29 and two-thirds consecutive scoreless innings in uh, in 1961, uh, postseason innings, uh, World Series innings. And so, I mean, he, he was just one of those guys that, as a starting pitcher, was just dominant on, on a team of, you know, some of the best players in, in baseball. He was, he was the best pitcher on that team by far. And, um you know, I think one of the best. And, and for me, he was close to making it to, to my top 10 list. I just felt like he didn't quite have the numbers. When guys have over 100 more wins and, uh, you know, pitched a lot longer, it just seems like. Uh, but 10, 10 World Series wins, six World Series rings. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, yeah, pretty impressive. I'm, I'm sure there's, if you, you know, when we do these lists and I always look at, you know, probably half a dozen other lists that are online and sort of look and, you know, and and you get a lot of stats that way. I'm sure there's a formula that somebody uses where those, those things carry a little more weight and Whitey Ford is on somebody's top 10, but sure. You know, we, we all have our different criteria, but, uh, but maybe you could could argue he's, I mean, I I, probably the best postseason pitcher of all time. I mean, Colfax didn't quite have the numbers that he did. I don't think there's anybody else, even Clemens or Brandy Johnson, who had the numbers that he did. You know, there's some guys who have pitched in more postseason games, especially with the expanded format, like Andy Pettit and even Greg Maddox and people like that. But, I mean, to, to be that dominant and to have your ERA actually go down, to pit, to have an ERA of 2.71 in the in the postseason is – yeah. He didn't have games. two rounds of early season playoff games to beat, beef those numbers up. Yeah. Right. He was he was winning a pennant and then going into the World Series. Yeah, you were you were going against yeah, you were going best, against the best of the best. The best in your uh in your league and then the uh, yeah. best in and then the best in the in the other league. Yep. There you go. So there you go, Mr. Whitey Ford. This week the chairman of the board. Chairman of the board. This week's old balls. Old balls. All right. Well, there you go. That will wrap up baseball for today um, with our lists and everything else. Um, all right. So why don't we get back to your 
uh, your comment before. Uh, let's do some uh, NFL talk. Uh, what do we think about the Sam uh, Darnold trade? Why don't you why don't you spout off first there, Radio Pete, since you're the uh, you're the uh, chosen uh, Jet fan here. Well, they uh, I don't know if you saw the little video. I think it was on Twitter and probably on Facebook. Or, uh, Sam Darnold walk, looks like he's walking into a room. They're having a party. <laughs> they're like cheering, <laughs> and the, the headline says they threw Sam Darnold a party for escaping from New York or escaping from the Jets. Which is uh, probably the, the best way to put it. Look, I think this is a great move for him. Uh, it answers the question about what's going to happen. Obviously, we don't have to talk about it anymore. Um, I assume he's going to be the starting pitcher at, uh, for the Panthers. You know, they have the number eight pick, but I don't think there's going to be one of those top quarterbacks left by number eight. Yeah. Uh, they need to obviously, as every other team does, or almost every other team, needs to shore up their offensive line, but you know the Panthers were five and eleven, but they were a pretty damn good five eleven, five and eleven last season. They were better than a record last. They year. had eight games that were decided by uh, eight points. Uh, some were wins and some were losses. And uh, let me just run down a couple of these here. Uh, they lost to the Raiders by four. Uh, they lost to um, the Bears by seven. They lost to the Saints by three. They lost to the Falcons by eight. They lost to the Chiefs, 31-33. Uh, they lost to the Vikings, uh, 28-27. So, you know, they lost to the Packers, 16-24. So, you know, and that was Christian McCaffrey, who was the best back in the league the prior season, only played three games. Yeah, he was And he, game. by all accounts, is coming back and coming back healthy. Sure. They've got some good weapons. Um, I don't think they, it's a sure shot he starts. Do, 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 in your mind, do you think he's that much better of a quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater? Or think, do you think Bridgewater will be gone? I think, I think Bridgewater will be gone. I think they brought Sam there uh, to be the starter. Bridgewater is a nice quarterback, but he doesn't throw downfield very well. He doesn't air it out. I'll tell I you did. this. There's, there's a lot of chatter here in Denver about Bridgewater. I think if the Broncos can't trade up to get into that top, that fourth spot that Atlanta's shopping, right. Um, I think you might see Bridgewater here in, in Denver. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I was happy when he was with, with the Jets. Although well, there, there, was talk of, there was talk of Darnold coming here. I mean, the the, the, yeah. Bron the Broncos seem to be fairly hot on, on Sam Darnold. I, I, I think he's in a great situation right now. Uh, yeah, I do too. I think it's Jets. a win-win. I think it's a win-win. McCaffrey coming back. He's getting reunited with Robbie Anderson. You know. Um, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And he's Robert got... Um, I forget who the some of the some of the uh, uh, coaching personnel are uh, very quarterback friendly. Yeah, sure. I can't remember their names right now. So yeah, I mean, look, he's he's going to show whether or not he is, uh, whether he was what he was built to be, built to be, and simply the Jets were so inept at everything as they always are. Uh, or maybe he I, just... I don't think that's a really long walk, though, do you? I mean, no, really no, but uh, we're going to, you know, I think we're going to find out over the next uh, season or two whether or not he has the goods to be a quality quarterback. Look, let me, let me ask you this question, then. Do the Jets take Zach Wilson? And if if you were the GM of the Jets, that would be an upgrade, by the way. Um, <laughs> would you be Would you be taking Wilson or Fields? I think they like Zach Wilson. I think Robert Sala likes Zach Wilson. And I think Joe Judge is smart enough to say, I'm going to give my brand new coach what do you want? the guy that he wants. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, I have to agree with that. I have to agree with that. And that's and it's another reason why Darnold is gone, too. Sure, it would have been easy to keep him, let him start, not have Zach Wilson, if that's indeed who they pick, 
thrown to the wolves from day one. Which uh, he will be. Which he will be now, obviously. He but, will be. Um, and then uh, you know have have Donald start and maybe and maybe bring up his uh, draft and not draft his trade capital a little bit maybe you know and then trade him during the season uh, or or next season or whatever but at that point then you lost a year of free money or cheaper money with with Zach Wilson and you also might potentially have a quarterback controversy what happens if Darnold all of a sudden is lighting it up and the Jets go twelve and four. Well, that's me, the excuse state, me, excuse yeah. me, excuse me, twelve and five or thirteen and four. Well, the Jets they still have they still have draft picks. And, you know, they have a huge draft capital. I think they if they had a lot of draft capital, I think, I think if they, they had gotten linemen. Yeah, if they hadn't gotten the second round pick as part of the deal, I don't think they would have made it. But that's essentially then, the deal. That's essentially yeah. the deal. You know, yeah. yeah. But the, and they would, have, they, they would have had a quarterback controversy right from the get go. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's part of the coach's job is to deal with that. But it also makes it easier not to deal with it. So now, look, obviously they've. You know, we know they're number two. They have a lot of other picks. They should be able to get uh, uh, some help on the offensive line, which they need. Mm-hmm. But they've got some other tools. Yeah, they do. And who look, do you, you, who do you think? Talk, goes, who do you think goes third in the draft? Uh, who's picking? The 49ers, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, um, right. yeah. That's true. They got the they got the uh, pick from uh, Miami. Um, there's a lot of talk about what's his name from Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, who's the new name? Not Mac Jones, the other Mac guy. Jones. Mac well, Jones. then there's also Trey Lance. Trey Lance, yes, and then Justin the... Fields. But that's Trey... you know that's the guys that are uh, you know doing these mock drafts. They're talking and talking. You know they gotta have something new to say every day. Well, they they change their yeah, they, they, mock they do a mock draft every day and it's completely different. Yeah, it's completely different because you know who's <laughs> whose stock is rising and falling. Who's you know the rumors. But look, I'm I'm happy for Sam Darnold. We're going to do our mock I like drafts Sam too. Darnold. Next, next, next week or the week after, we're going to do our mock, our mock drafts. And, and we'll, we'll see what happens to him. You know, look, uh, one thing I was thinking about today is uh, he was considered by virtually everybody, or certainly almost everybody, to be the most NFL ready quarterback coming out of the draft three years ago. That doesn't mean they all thought he was going to be a great quarterback. He just they also thought that. It. Josh, and I think in those Josh three Rosen years, what NFL ready means has changed. Yeah. And look, he had interception problems when he was in college. So, you know, I, I wish him the best. I hope he becomes good. And look, if you look at Carolina, they're they're in the South, I believe it is. Yeah. They're in the NFC South. So uh, looking at the NFC South, I mean, you've got, uh, you've got <laughs> the Saints without Drew Brees, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who else is in that division? Atlanta. Atlanta. You, you've got Atlanta. And the Bucks. Who knows what they're going to be? <laughs> well, in Atlanta, does Atlanta draft a quarterback and let Matt Ryan have, you know, maybe in the next two years and groom a Justin Fields? I think I think Atlanta I would, would be they, I think Atlanta would be smart to hold on to that pick and draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Matt yeah, Ryan's oh, they, 36 years old. They would definitely yeah. they would definitely yeah. be smart to hold on to that pick. There's a lot of talk about them shopping that. Yep. And uh, and of course the Bucks are the Bucks, but my point is that you know Carolina has got an opportunity here to sort of you know become a relevant team at least within their division, even if it's you know number two. We'll see, right? Yeah, right, we'll right. see. I mean, they got, be, they got a lot of work interesting. To do. A lot of a lot of guys in that position don't always get a second chance. You know, a lot of times those big draft names go bust. And you never they get, end up as second stringers, right? You know, yeah, or they disappear they, like a Ryan Leaf, or, or a, right, right, or they, you know, they become the Jeff Georges of the world, where they're serviceable, but you know, not necessarily 
world beaters. But Darnold, he, he, can't, get any, he can't get any worse. Right. He's got good weapons, right? He's, he's, got, right? he's got McCaffrey coming back. He's got mm-hmm. he's, he's got more weapons, that's for sure. But Carolina had three receivers with over a thousand yards the big, of scrimmage the, last the biggest, year. The biggest thing for Darnold is that on paper, if McCaffrey's healthy, they have a running game, and that takes the pressure off of him. He had a 97-year-old running back starting behind him last yeah. year. Well, so, right. you know, they're they're going to be able to have a much more dynamic running back. He's going to have a weapon to throw to out of the backfield to dump down to. And he's got some decent tight ends. And I think that's really where he fits. I, I see him being able in – in an offensive scheme that's more of a West Coast, quick release, short pass offense, I think he can do well. Yeah. I just don't see him being the guy who's going to drop back and make – you know, those big time, you know, well, thread the needle passes. I, I, I kind of agree with you, but he was making big plays with Robbie Anderson. True. Almost every pass to Robbie Anderson was a big play. Yeah. And if you do have a, you know, a, a less than stellar offensive line, it is nice to have a tight end to dump off to, which we didn't have much of an option with the Jets. I mean, look, just think about how important it's going to be for Saquon Barkley coming back to the Giants. How important it is going to be for the Giants? Sure. Well, he got Christian McCaffrey coming back to Carolina, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope he does well. I wish him Same well. Thing basically. He's a good kid, and I like him. I think he didn't get a fair shake in New York, and maybe he'll be better than everybody thinks. Maybe not. I don't know. It's we're going to find out, though. Is there any team that has a worse history of drafting quarterbacks than the Jets? Uh, well, there's not the too Jets- many teams who have a worse history of. Cleveland, Dra- maybe Cleveland drafting. Yeah, the Cle- Cleveland probably. Yeah, the Jets should well, here- probably stay away from drafting quarterbacks from USC. I mean, Richard well, Todd was good. Well, here's the thing about the Jets, and I, I to this day I cannot decide whether they're just bad at picking, or whether they're worse at picking, or whether they're worse at developing. Yes, because they seem. Yeah, right. That's the answer. <laughs> they seem absolutely inept. At they're they're horrible at all. But maybe they're pretty good at picking, but they just don't develop guys. Or maybe they're not that good at picking, and they think guys are better than they're going to be, and then they don't develop them well. Uh, right. Either way, right. they end up sucking. Uh, I think it was uh, Greenberg said, "What did he say today?" Um, have basically have a failure with all of your first round draft picks for the past ten years. That is the the that is the quick road to sucking. I mean, so, I think Cleveland along was, was in the same camp yeah, until yeah. until Baker Mayfield. I mean, Cleveland was sort of in the same boat for a long time. Just there, couldn't get let's, it right. Yeah. Well, let's look but at I it. Think, think, Jets, Jets first round draft picks from two, 2012 to 2018. I was I was look I was going back 20 years. Just going back just just in just in these eight years or whatever. 2018, Sam Darnold traded. 2017, Jamal Adams traded. 2016, Darren Lee traded. 2015, Leonard Williams traded. 2014. Calvin Pryor traded. 2013, Sheldon Richardson traded. Uh, 2013, also D. Milner cut, and 2012, uh, Quentin Couples cut. Yeah, I mean to be fair, they they did have some pretty good history a long time ago. Sure. I mean, Joe, Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, sure. uh, you, you know, John Riggins was a first-round pick for the Jets. Well, how about this? This is the, this is how about two thousand? Sean Ellis, John Abraham, Chad Pennington, Anthony Becht, yeah. all first-rounders, 12, 13, 18, and twenty-seven. Well, I mean, Mackay Becton. Is he? Is, uh, I, I think the jury's still out on him. I, I 
I think that was a yeah. good pick. Oh, look, it, it got Becton and Mims. Yeah, from uh, last year. Let's see. Let's see. Let's look at some you know, of the guys. Will, 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 Williams is still uh, is still playing. Yeah, Quinnen Williams, right? You yeah. got Darnold. Uh, you know, oh, I thought Fuller, Jamal, Adam, Fuller, Jamal Adams was a good player. He just wanted out of New York. He just yeah. wanted, yeah. I mean, don't forget still... about uh, 2018 uh, six-round pick, Folorunzo Fatakasi. Yeah, don't forget about him. Folorunzo Fatakasi. Um, How about DeBrickshaw Ferguson? DeBrickshaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold were both in that same draft. That's right. They were actually the but same I mean, year, right? Same year. Like, look, at, look, at, look at 2016. I mean, Revis. Ron Lee. They drafted Revis. Deron Lee, Hackenberg in the second round, Jordan it's Jenkins. Ju- it's just the quarterbacks. When you because you go, you got Darnold, then of course you got Mark Sanchez, then Bryce you have Petty, Chad, 2015, Chad, Chad Penny, Chad Pennington. Smith. Yeah. Chad Pennington Smith yeah. is terrible. Chad Pennington. I mean, wasn't wasn't um Richard Todd way back in the day? Wasn't he their first pick? I think he was. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he was. Richard Todd was a 1976 first-round pick. Uh, Ken O'Brien, 1983 first-round pick. You know, O'Brien was a good quarterback. O'Brien wasn't, um, you know. I like Mark, Ken O'Brien. Mark Sanchez, 2009. Well, O'Brien was way better than Mark Sanchez. No, yeah, I'm just saying lousy picks. <laughs> Fifth pick of the draft. Yeah. And, and with that 1983 pick of Ken O'Brien, um, they passed on other another quarterback, though, didn't they? That year? Yes, they did. <sighs> Why is everyone going to bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> you could uh, see that would be that would be where other normal people who, or people who root for normal teams would go. They made one mistake, but it's not. Yeah. It's just a it's bevy. Not. But again, kind of like when, when Portland picked what's his name over Michael Jordan, right? Yeah, we we look. Yeah. We notice it more with with quarterbacks, but. They're just their failure to develop players uh, of all of all types. I think I think Terrible. it's more. I think it's more player development than it is picks. It's definitely picks, but I think it's more on the player development side, uh, incrementally more, but more. It, 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 Browning Nagel, yeah. Jesus Christ! Browning Nagel, there you go. Browning what were they Nagel. thinking? Browning, all right. Here was that. All right, here's here. All right, we're gonna go back to just to 1999. But so here's the Cle- the Cleveland Browns picked Tim Couch. They're just going quarterbacks now. <laughs> Brady Quinn, Brandon Whedon, and Johnny Manziel before they finally did okay with Baker Mayfield. So Whedon. I still say that's way worse than Mark Sanchez and Sam Bradford. Yeah, you're right. Sam Darnold. Sam Bradford. Now you got me saying. Two of you. <laughs> Just say <laughs> Sam. Sam. <laughs> well, look, we don't have to say it very much because he's yeah. with another team. You want to say it now? Yeah, you know, it's all about now. Now it's Zach. So yeah, now it's all now it's all about Zach. Now it's all about Zach. I, you know, I, <laughs> he's not I, even on the team yet. I still think. <laughs> I still think. I right. know. I know. There's some downside to him, but I still think Justin Fields is. is well, I just think you he's going to be a better quarterback. We'll, we'll see. see. He kind of. Zach Wilson's really young, yeah. Just in his experience level, you watch that. You watch. And he that didn't play on high quality opponents, right? True. No, but in in his defense, in that, and that was one of my arguments against him. But in his defense, he also wasn't throwing to. That's uh, true. All all star receivers either. Yeah, like you know Alabama. I mean? Yeah, no, I, I don't know how many BYU receivers. He looks. Are, he looks. Going he, in the I mean, NFL he looks real. They all look really good in these pro days. They really right. do. He's he is yeah. pretty athletic. He's he's. You, he's you not, watch you watch Fields in that game against Clemson though, and you go, boy, maybe he's just got it. 
You know that toughness, that will. Yeah. He was hurt. He was hurt when they well, played. Is he, or is he? Or is he the guy that's on the Steelers now that came from? You know, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, not the Steelers. The uh, uh, the Eagles. Who's the Eagles? Who who won the championship game? And then oh, uh, Yeah, he kind of holds. Foles? Not Foles. The 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 no, guy who's t- starting. Talking about uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. I mean, Justin doesn't Justin Fields kind of remind you of a Jalen Hurts in some ways? A little bit. I don't know. I, 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 I bigger I, than Jalen Hurts. Well, yeah. I I also don't think Zach Wilson's six three. I do not think he's. You got to assume every. They got to assume almost no one is the actual size of that yeah. listed. Yeah, NBA does that too. Everybody gets bumped up by an inch or an so. Inch or two, yeah. I look the round Jets, up to the I, next one and add one. <laughs> I don't think the Jets would necessarily be going wrong with either one of those picks, and I don't think there'll be an outrage. Amongst no. the punditry, depending on no matter who they pick, but it seems like, at least from the reports, that Sala is high on Wilson. Yeah. yeah. And uh, all right, here, here's the next question: How did the Giants screw up their pick? Who did? Uh, or do they have you know, eleven? They pick yeah. eleven. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I think that I think they're going to wind up taking. Uh, uh, yeah, it depends. I hope on they available. get a receiver. You have to. Why would you hope they get a receiver? They just spent a ton of money on Kenny Galladay. Yeah. And it, well, who, who are they going to get then? Do you think Kyle? I mean, do you think what's his I name? I think they're going to go edge rusher. I think they're going to get Rousseau. Yeah. Hmm. That would be my guess. That would be my guess. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Um, yeah. If uh, What if, if uh, not that I, I, don't know, I don't know if he'll be there at 11 or not, but if Pitts is there, you want. Uh, you, you know want what, though? Potentially generational tight end? Yeah, but you'll, he no, won't be out. Either. He's not going to be there, but you know what? I don't though? think he will, but I think he's going to be there. Plus, you just and and granted, you know, uh, Evan Ingram and uh, Kyle Rudolph together don't equal uh, Pitts, but uh, yeah. you do, you did bring Kyle Rudolph in, and you know maybe he has something left in the tank, yeah. and you focus on. I, I think they, I think that if they can get a lockdown edge rusher uh, in in the defense, I think that's the way you got to go. I think um, Atlanta might take Pitts. As high as fourth, if they don't take a quarterback, which they might not. Yeah, That's possible. Yeah, if they're willing to give it a shot with, um, I think with, you got uh, Matty Ice for a couple more years. Then yeah, you're right. They could. I mean, look, if a couple things turn the right way, the Broncos might be able to get Justin Fields with the ninth pick, and which would be pretty interesting. Well, if they if they all wind up going with with. Uh... With the other quarterbacks first, and Fields falls to the fifth quarterback, and you know Pitts and and uh, uh, a couple of the receivers and everything else go go before that, then uh, yeah, why not? Do you don't you think the Giants would take Micah Parsons though over or so or if 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 let's say somebody like a Devonta Smith is still available with the eleventh pick? I mean, I don't know. I don't think they're gonna because of the money they just gave Kenny Galladay. Yeah. I get you. Know, you. If, if they hadn't signed Kenny Galladay, absolutely. If 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 Devonta Smith was still there, then they're taking the wide receiver. But yeah, and you don't think they take Micah Parsons? They might. They might. I think they're going to go Rousseau. I just really believe that that's going to happen. Over uh, Quiddy Payne. Over again. Yeah. Yep. No. So, but uh, hey, who knows? I mean, they you know they really need that that lights out. They they need that they need that Chase Young pick back. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they really do. Um. But you know, what remains to be seen. Uh, what's his name on the uh, um, the Giants signed uh, 
uh, what do they call it, Afidi uh, Odenigbo uh, from uh, from the Vikings. Let's say that five times. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Afidi Odenigbo. Uh, I'm not doing it five times now. Now, uh, he, he was quoted as saying, they've got something special brewing. Who said that? Uh, the guy they signed. <laughs> oh, well, sure. What's he going to say? <laughs> I hate they their suck. I'm going there anyway. <laughs> I hate their quarterback, but I need money. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's, uh, what you call it? He, you know, he, he was an under-the-radar signing, outside linebacker. So uh, they signed him to a one-year, $2.5 million deal. Uh, but he was quoted as saying they got something special brewing. Uh, he says, I don't, I don't see why I wouldn't want to go here. Uh, I think something's brewing, something special in New York, and I want to be part of that transformation. That's what he said. Odenigbo. Okay. Odenigbo from the uh, – What that translates to is nobody else was willing to give me as much money as the Giants. Right. I couldn't get $2.5 million from anybody else, so I'm going to yeah. be a team player. So, and, but, and, hey. and, and, and Cincinnati didn't seem all that exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, little, uh, a little lighter, uh, more team and Cincy. Uh, but uh, hey, you know what? Um, we'll see. Daniel Jones actually organized an off-season workout in Arizona. Um, was reported. Uh, so I guess he's flying everybody out there and working out with them. I don't know. Oh, good. Um, That's what the team leader does, right? Why not? There you go. So. Uh, but hey, you know what? We'll see what happens. I think we, I think we are going to do our mock drafts. All right. Uh, well, uh, I think the Giants are going to wind up with Jalen Waddle. You're going Waddle? Eh, well, put it in your put in your mock draft. We'll we'll we'll, we'll do our. You never had. You can never and, look. The Giants have always been good at picking receivers in the draft. Mm-hmm. You want young receivers that you don't have to pay big bucks for, but they broke that rule with Callaway. I, can you have it? I mean, look, I think that you have to yeah, That doesn't mean they're not going to take. No, you can never have enough. You got to load up with with guys to get. That doesn't mean rounds. that doesn't mean they're not going to take Rousseau and then take a receiver in the second round. So yeah, or take well, look, Waddle they, and edge rusher in the second round. They signed what's his name too as a defensive lineman edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I said a couple of weeks ago they've done a pretty good job in free agency of of filling their needs. You know, with at least quality players, so they've. They've opened themselves up to the possibility of whoever's the best guy on the board, regardless of position, they can take them. Odin Igbo, we were just talking about, he's an outside linebacker, so there's that. I mean, you know, I, hey, you know what? I think, they, I think they've had one of their better free agent offseason, you know, group signings in, in a long time Yeah, uh, with, with uh, some of the moves they made. So. You know, we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens with them. That uh, means Gettleman sticking around. That's what it means uh, at the moment. Um, yeah, there's not uh, not not a whole hell of a lot other than that going on. I haven't heard any new news on the. Uh, I I did want to ask one question of you guys. Sure. What uh, about Deshaun Watson? Well, that's what I was just gonna say. I haven't heard any. Oh, okay. Well, then now there's two women who've come forward and been identified. One is, I yeah. guess, the first one to file the civil suit and. Um, and he's finally losing all his endorsement deals. He's losing his endorsement deals, but no criminal charges. Mm-hmm. So the question I wanted to pose to you guys is, the it seems to me the longer this goes on without criminal charges, and we'll have to see what the NFL investigation is. It, t- it takes a while for a criminal charge to be brought on. It does, but um, and it's going to take a while for the NFL investigation. Who knows? I sure. think you know, a better part of a year. But it seems to me the longer this goes on, Without a criminal charge being brought, the better it is for Deshaun Watson. Of course. And that, you know, it's, it's, I mean, two women came out and said, Hey, it's me. This is my name. This is my face. 
and it was a story for a day, and then it went away. When really, just a couple went, of weeks ago, went twenty two. I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not passing judgment on what's right or wrong or whether it's real or not. I'm Look, just I, saying. I, I think it's horrible, and I think that I, I think I his agree. career. I think his career might be over. I will say this. If he wants to come to the Giants, the door is open. <laughs> um, That's just a joke. I mean, my, my, That's point, a joke. my point is that, you know, the, the longer this sort of becomes a simmering story, the less it's in the forefront of our minds. I think it just ends up, in other words, there are people who are outraged and who are always going to be outraged about it no matter what. And there are people who were more outraged in the moment who eventually it just kind of dies down and they go, yeah, that's still going on. I don't think think it's dying down. I just think a lot of the media is handling it with kid gloves. And um, that because they don't want to be wrong. And it's also making it into mainstream news stories. Now, not just sports center. Um, I, I, I just think it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think if it was, uh, let's just say he's getting slightly different treatment than Louis C.K. got for for what I think, you know, is far less amount of, you know, people coming forward and complaining. I just think I, I just think that it's being it's being covered, but it's not being hammered. There, people aren't obsessing about it in in the media, which is okay. I get that, but I feel as if he's getting a little bit of the benefit of the doubt from the media as a whole compared to some other people who have been in similar situations. Right. But we've also seen a number of situations where, particularly I think in the NFL, where players did some pretty horrible shit. Exactly. And they came back. Yeah, Michael Vick. Michael Vick and... um, some of the other, some of them of, didn't come back, you know. When no, you, but there's like you know some one incident guys like uh, who's the um, Mixon, Joe Mixon. Yeah, right? didn't he punch out a woman in a McDonald's? No, and what's remember. his what's his name? The guy in Kansas City, the receiver, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah uh, I don't know. The, the I, running, I hate, yeah, the I, running I, back. I talking about this stuff because it just it, it give let let the authorities do what they need to do and make, let's hope that there's a thorough investigation and that. Right. Uh, justice is served the, for the, whomever, the, for both, for all sides involved. For all sides, yeah. whoever, whatever is the actual, you know, truth, and it, let it come out and let justice be served. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. That, I, yeah I'm just, I'm just saying that maybe that justice is going to have to be served by the league if it doesn't come from. I, the league. I, you know, I think that these things take some time, and especially when it's a multiple, basically people coming coming across and. It, 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 it's a it's a tough thing to prove, and so I so I think that they're investigate. I think that they in due time justice will move in the direction that it needs to move. Due diligence will be done, and if criminal charges are deemed appropriate, they'll be filed, and the, and the investigation will move forward in, in that matter. Whether or not the NF the NFL might take action too, but I think the NFL in this position. And in this situation, probably has to wait for any criminal investigations to be done before they can even start delve into their own. 
Well, no, they're investigating it now, right? Yeah, but I mean, I mean they're not going to rule. They're not going to rule on it. What does that mean? I mean, well, they're do they, do they have more? Do they have more access to information than the authorities no, in Houston, or they're going to want to talk to everybody? Yeah, they're going to want to say they're, they're following. I think they're following behind this, and I think you know we might not know until you know for another three or four months. We don't know. It could be longer than that. Yeah. Could be. I mean, the, the more you know, you know, 20, 20 people that have got to. And the other thing that I, I, and again, I'm not trying to downplay this, but if it's criminal charges, what what are they? What do those criminal charges end up being? Sexual, you know, assault. Sexual assault. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's other levels. There's other legal descriptions of what it would be, but yeah. But if you, I mean, if you're looking at a sexual predator, you know. I mean, it could it's, be, it could, it could be something. Again, as, this is not a defense, but right. he didn't, he didn't rape anybody. At least it could be indecent exposure forward. on the low end, and it yeah. could be like, is it a level one kind of sex offender thing where I don't know. he's kind of showing himself? Did it's he grab Texas? I don't know. Did he grab anybody's hand? And you know, I don't. Who knows? I don't know. In other words, I don't. You know, he's not. They're, they're not investigating whether he raped and or killed a bunch of women or something like that. No. Again, not, not a defense. Not, not yet. No, not yet. And, I, and I'm, again, I'm not defending it. I'm just saying I don't know how severe those criminal charges will be. And that may have something to do with whether the NFL lets him ever play again or not. Right. I think we we'll just have to wait for Johnny super, Cochran. To, super, to freaking, super freaking talented. So, Well, I think that's part of the issue. You know, it may very well be too. I, I do think, you know, I mean, I'm kind of beating around the bush. I think he's getting fucking preferential treatment. And, but that's nothing new. No, it's nothing new. This and, might be kind of to an unprecedented level, but. And. Slightly. And. Although look, I would. Look, is this. Uh, let, is this let, let them do what they need to do. And, and hopefully the authorities will do a thorough enough investigation that either criminal charges will be filed and the investigation will move on or. They won't be. And then the NFL can move forward in whatever manner they want to. But what's probably going to happen is that after this initial round of judgment is passed, you'll probably have additional suits and refilings and reclaims. And this thing's going to get dragged on. Yeah. And so um, it, it, it and there may be there may be a point if it, if it doesn't go criminal where as bad as it's going to look, he may just settle. Might be in his best interest to end it and settle. Who knows? Who knows? And then if he, this, de- if he decides to settle with twenty-two or twenty women, how many more then going to come out of the woodwork? Yeah, no, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Gee, how many massages can you get? How many massage therapists are well, there? Well, see, that's to, right. That's really the underlying thing: is why do you need massages from different people all the time? Oh, well, obviously, sort of, he, obviously, because that he answers, was trying to get that answers part of your question. Didn't yeah. go back to the same person twice, but yeah. is this worse than what? Let's let's say the allegations are true with these twenty-two women. Or is this worse than what Michael Vick did? I don't think. I mean, I don't think it's for. Uh, it's not for me to judge whether. One's worse or not? It's apples uh, and oranges. I think it's apples and oranges. I think they're both pretty horrible. Right. And and I have gone, you know, before when asked about this, is saying I don't think Michael Vick should have. People say Michael Vick paid paid his dues. Did he? Did he? He's an analyst now. You know, yeah. and not well, a very did, good he, one. He did, he did go to jail, but no. Yeah, I know, but 
my, but I mean, my, was that my, enough? The, the accounts my, are that he was dogfighting and killing the losers. Oh, I know exactly I mean, what it was. Trust right. me. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think they're both pretty horrible because unnecessary, you know, whether, one way or another, whether or not it's legally uh, brought to, to, uh, to a claim, you know, obviously they're both, one was convicted of wrongdoing and went through the legal process. We don't know yet with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, that's the reality of it. I mean, I think there's, I, I think the NFL is always confused in these issues. You know, it's like, okay, we didn't have to do any internal discipline because there was legal action. Michael Vick paid his time and now he's back with open arms. Right. Right. Anyway. You know, would that, yeah, that would, would, that, would that be the same, you know, if he was a third string quarterback that, who never played, would that be the same? I don't know. I don't think so. On the, on the flip, side of that, so. flip side of that, look at uh, Ray Lewis, Yeah. right? That woman, they're married now. That woman that he punched out in the elevator, that's his yeah. wife now. Ray, Ray Rice. Ray Rice, sorry. Ray yeah, Rice. not Ray Lewis. Ray, Ray Lewis <laughs> killed, Ray, Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, Lewis killed a guy. Ray Lewis killed Ray somebody, but he, but he, he yeah. made his friends uh, cover it up. So, you know, right. He's also Rice, an analyst. We have, we have a great analyst team in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ray, Ray Rice knocked out his girlfriend slash fiance. They're married now. But he uh, was also really kind of done from the league after that. He had a right. suspension. No, he didn't go to jail. He, he wasn't prosecuted. And the then, NFL just and said, we're done with you. The NFL didn't say they were done with him. The, well, nobody wanted to sign him. Initially, they, the NFL, they suspended him for one year. Right. But and then they and then it was appealed and they cut it back to a handful of games. And, and then, then nobody then the, wanted to sign him. Then the video came out and the NFL went back and sort of gave him double jeopardy. And then nobody wanted him. So yeah. that was a case where there was nothing criminal and circumstances, you know, and it was largely the NFL's kind of taking that that, well, that the approach that they did and well, now Zeke, people... Zeke falls into that too right mm-hmm. yeah so but it's it's a it's it's a mess and uh, uh something will eventually and it's probably going to be longer than shorter but something will eventually come out in the woodwork so i just uh, think the longer it goes on it's more likely that we will see deshaun watson playing football in the nfl again you shall see by the way, this is the second game now today that has gone into extra innings, and the second game this season that the Yankees are in extra innings. And I think the I think the uh, Major League Baseball has a problem on here because I think everybody's going to score now, and you're just going to have it's going to be like college football overtime, where <laughs> a two-two pitcher's duel turns into a fourteen to twelve, fourteen inning, uh, you know, slugfest. Right. It's, uh, it's it's that they have to get that. Yeah, because all you need that's is, absolutely all you need is stupid. All you need is a, sack, a single. You, know, I mean, you need a long a, single a bunt, and a score a run. A bunt. If they knew how to bunt, if the people still knew how to bunt, you know, and then you could hit a sack fly. You know, well, what is the, you bunt the run over to third and hit a sack fly, you win the game. Done. Who goes on second? The so last. Does, the last person to get out in the last inning, previous inning. Okay, so somebody who's already in the game, mm-hmm. but then you you can pinch run and take and replace that person. But then uh, that on second base, to, but that person has to stay in the game. Yes. Mm-hmm. So in other words, there's not a designated no. runner who comes off the bench. And in, only in le- unless you make a replacement, you can make a replacement. Okay. Yeah. So uh, anyway, all right. Well, I guess that's it for football. 
That should be it for football. All right, let's uh, let's talk a quick little bit about uh, basketball. Uh, I want to ask you uh, both uh, your opinion, more so Harry than Pete, but uh, I want Pete's opinion too. Uh, did you see uh, Jeff Van Gundy? Uh, no. What he said about uh, Oakley? No, what did he um, say? Well, the Knicks no. want to retire Oakley's number. Mm-hmm. And Oakley said, yeah, bite me. No, mm-hmm. I don't want my number retired. Uh, Oakley said he wanted, he says, uh, hang the number, hang the number outside next to the flag so everybody can come and look at it outside that they don't have to pay to get inside to look at it. Mm-hmm. They can just look at it outside. It can become a tourist place. That's why um, he's my favorite Nick of all time. He's, he's a little, he's a little bitter. A little well, rightfully so. <clears throat> but Van Gundy's saying that they should do it anyway because he deserves it. Yeah. So but, who's right? Do you listen to, do you listen to Oakley? Cause it's his number. Do you listen to. You think Van Gundy has a point in my dream in my dream world? Okay, because I have this dream every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Shit for brain sells the team. Okay, mm-hmm. to Spike Lee and a couple of his friends. Right. Jeff Van Gundy becomes the coach, and Patrick Ewing and Charles Oakley are assistant coaches, and they uh, you know they retire Oakley's uh, number and have a uh, a memorial service for uh, for uh, 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 who is the other power forward that uh, Anthony Mason Mason. Yeah, so I mean, you know, yeah. Look, Oakley, rightfully so, he has a beef with James Dolan, and I think a lot of people do. And I think it's going to take more people like Charles Oakley to take this stand. If Patrick Ewing took this stand, and Spike Lee took this stand, and a couple of the other big name Knicks, you know, fans took this stand, you might actually pressure James Dolan to sell the team. That's what it's going to take. And look, half the Nick fans nowadays don't even remember who Charles Oakley is. But if you're if you're if you're of a certain age and you remember the Knicks, then Charles Oakley is is the equivalent to the Knicks of what Thurman Munson was to the Yankees back at that time, where mm-hmm. Gary Carter was for the Mets, or you know, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. It, it's just he was he he was the, the heart and soul of that team, and he's not welcome there, and he's not welcome at Dolan's there. hand. And look, the, the the recent actions with Ewing, I don't think Ewing was making a fuss out of nothing. I think it was a repeated affair of the, the mentality at Madison Square Garden is one of, it's a fascist regime. Yeah. If you say you can't criticize the owner of the New York Knicks. No, you now, can't. The Knicks are taking a step in the right direction. They got a good coach. I think their front office has changed, but there's still this dark cloud in, in the ownership. And until that changes, there's always going to be that possibility of him tainting something. And the thing that pissed me off most about the Oakley incident when it first happened was Dolan had the nerve three days later to get Latrell Sprewell and Larry Johnson to sit next to him at Madison Square Garden. And Latrell Sprewell and Larry Johnson, fuck you for doing it. That's what I think about all this. Because you would never have seen John Starks or Patrick Ewing or Derek Harper or any of those other guys doing that. No. That was a PR move, and it was bullshit. And look, he's he's a he's a toxic black cloud over over a once great organization. And yes, I'm excited <laughs> about where the Knicks were gonna, are going to go, but they're, it's still owned by James Dolan. And, and until that changes. I don't think you're going to see the Knicks make the, st- the strides they need to make. And I don't think you're going to see – because there are people who do understand what Oakley's saying. A LeBron James, a Kevin Durant, the guys who kind of know – a James Harden, the guys who know the history of the, of the NBA, they know that. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why, no, why all the big-name free agents went to Brooklyn and not to Manhattan. 
Mm-hmm. Case in point. There you go. Just on yeah. the side. If I had my two cents, I don't think it's going to change until the fans stop going. No, when no. you stop filling up Madison Square Garden, regardless of how good or bad the Knicks are, that's when when they start losing money. Yeah, that's when James Dolan will sell the team. Don't and now, exactly. I don't know, and I would love for Patrick Ewing and Charles Oakley and Spike Lee to have enough juice to get people to do that, but well, I don't think Spike they Lee started on that. You know, last year he, but then the then two years ago, and then the pandemic came. And but he was he was hot too because he was mistreated. But it's going to take somebody like a Spike Lee, who can get on the radio every day with and on ESPN with Stephen A. Smith, and it's going to take those big name Knicks fans who are in the media both locally and nationally to to protest before this happens. Now, I, I part of me almost wishes the Knicks were as horrible as they were last year because it would push Dolan out. But he was smart enough to change his front office. He was smart enough to get a coach that wasn't you know, some sort of crazy experiment. It was a, it was a conservative choice, which I think did well for the Knicks. And the Knicks are doing a good job of being smart and holding their ground with who they are signing. They have not jumped too deep into overpaying for, for players past their prime, which has been the Knicks problem in the past. Sure. So I'll but give there's you credit still where credit is due. Still an opportunity for that to happen though, because you don't know how much patience stolen is, going to have and if history serves uh as the template then it's not going to be very much and he's going to make a dumb move like turning everything over to isaiah or or right. hiring phil jackson for you know look if, if you want charles Oakley's, million dollars a year if you want charles right. oakley's number retired then james dolan needs to go out publicly and make an actual apology to charles oakley and say hey look i was wrong yeah but he won't do that because he doesn't think he was wrong Right. That's the problem with all this. James Dolan believes he's infallible, and none of his moves were bad moves. It just it was so other people's fault. In um, his mind, yeah. In his mind, yeah. In his mind, yeah. So I don't think he's gonna. I'm not gonna apologize. I didn't do anything wrong. That's the problem. And this is and this is my team. I mean, he's, you know, the guy's a douche. If I was Oakley, I'd do. I, I, I would. I, it would. It would bode horrible on him for him to turn around and accept this. Come on. Yeah, I, I, Van Gundy's uh, Van Gundy's Van Gundy understands it, it. He gets it. He understands. If there's anybody who understands the history and the culture of the Knicks, both good and bad, it's Jeff Van Gundy. Right. And and I think he's he wants it because it was an ex-player of his who he values very much, and he sure. knows what it would mean to the Knicks fans. So he's talking as a Knicks fan right. in a lot of ways. He said uh, that uh, he said that if if he was Mr. Dolan, he would retire his number and would have a ceremony with or without him. He said. Yeah. I think his play, his impact on yeah, winning, I, I and his can unique absolutely relationship see that with happening. the fans warrants to have his number retired. I can absolutely see it happening without Oakley there. And that then, would be uh, a Dolan move. Oakley said, they came to me and said they were going to retire my jersey. Do this and do that. And I'm like, nah, you can't buy me that easy. You retire the jersey, that benefits you. It ain't benefiting me, he said. I think he's absolutely right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Dolan will look at it, he'll do it, and then he'll look at it as validation. Well, look, I'm I'm doing the right thing here, and he's still being, you know, an, an asshole. Dolan doubled down on that whole scene, and that's where he went wrong. Yeah, yeah he did. And so he's, his he, band he, sucks too. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, uh, Nick of course, no lost. one's going to tell him that. But yeah. by the way, Nick's lost by two. 
Yeah. 99-101. And look, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure the Rangers are exempt from all this. They're, you know, the Rangers aren't necessarily moving in the right direction either. So they usually the have Rangers, been exempt from the Dolan nuttiness, though. Yeah. Speaking uh, of the Rangers, yeah. I heard, he doesn't go to the Rangers game. Right. I heard they all got COVID vaccines like on the same day, like yesterday or good. Or, well, it's good. But the guys, uh, I think it was um, I think it was on the Michael K show. And McGregor was saying, yeah, now they're all going to have sore arms. They got a back to back coming up. <laughs> <laughs> they're all going to have they all sore got them at the arms same time. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they all got the shots at the they're like, eh, maybe that wasn't the best idea. But. Probably not, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. well. They're, think, look, they're professionals. Think... They're rubbing some cream on it or whatever. There It'll be go. fine. Again, they're hockey players. People used to have their teeth knocked out. And they just used to scoop them up off the floor. Yeah. Put them in a them back in and go to play. Yeah. Well, who, the hell, who, who the hell was the guy that unwired his own jaw because he wanted to play? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it was a couple years ago. <clears throat> Jeez. I don't know. Yeah, the, the I still doctor, look at I still look at some of those jaw, the doctor, doctor had him wired up and he wanted to play and the doctor said no I'm not ready to take the apparatus off and he took it apart himself went out and played. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. only only a hockey player would do that. So, well, all right. Uh, on on another note on the Nets side of things, uh the Nets uh beat the Pelicans 139-111 uh, today, so. Yeah. Um, Here's you you ready for my headline? Give me a headline. Here's the headline that I thought I'd never say, mm-hmm. or maybe that none of us ever thought we would say. Mm-hmm. This is uh, NBA, right, from the NBA website, Top Stories. Kyrie Irving, a stable force, even as Nets lineups waver. Yeah. Well, without Durant, yeah, yeah, without well, yeah, Durant and, uh, and with Harden out now, who I guess is going to be out another yeah. week, they're saying. Yeah. Um, Kyrie Irving has been there and been the guy, and – no one is really questioning the brilliance of his play anymore. Um, but if he doesn't get his at least one of those guys back, and he is the man, I think that's a position he doesn't really want to be in. Durant He's very did. happy being the super talented, amazing sure. shooting guard and not being the focus that much. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't want to be the number one guy. He doesn't want it on his shoulders, yeah. I don't think. And the, probably the longer that goes on, the more likely we are to see him. But the, the reality of it is, is I think Harden will be back. I think the bigger question is, will Durant be healthy for the playoffs? I, I, I kind of, I don't think, I don't think Harden's injury is. It's a hamstring. It, it, you know, you don't really know what's going right. to go on there. But I think it's just going to take some time and some rest. Yeah. And look, that guy's had a lot of tread worn off his tires this year. The Nets are a team, un- unlike some of those other teams that that Harden has played for. That Durant, well, Durant not so much. But that that Kyrie has played for this team has enough talent and depth that they're pretty much, with the exception of maybe the Sixers well, in the East, they're going to win every night. Well, look here's here's Durant's numbers from today. Yeah, he was seven. He scored seventeen points. He shot five of five from five the field five in, in nineteen minutes. He was He's plus twenty two in nineteen 22. minutes. Jeff Green was also plus twenty two. Lamarcus Aldridge was plus. Uh, 22. Joe Harris was plus 25, and Irving was plus 29. Look, the, the, key, the key to the no. Nets is that Green is playing pretty well. Again, a guy who doesn't have to be the second or third option that he was yep. forced into in the past. Yeah. And Joe Harris is having a career year as that guy. As that guy, when you look in, it's either Harden yeah. and Irving, or if, it, if in the future it's going to be Harden, Durant, Irving, where he is just sitting out there planted at the three-point line, and you, he's the obvious choice to leave open. 
He's, you know, he shot six and nine tonight, two of four from three point, 14 yep. points plus 25. I mean, and then you talk Pel- about um, Bruce Brown and you go, why is he in there? He's in there for defense. Look, and I told you, LaMarcus Aldridge yeah. still has all-star. Uh, he's a starter. He, he he played 23 minutes, shot 8 of 12, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, 2 of 2 from three-point line, yeah, plus 22, 22, 22, 22 points. I yeah. mean, you know. A couple of blocks, a couple of assists. Yeah. The, the, the Nets are, are – the, are, uh, there's no doubt the Nets are the team to beat. Now – the team that surprises me that still continues to play really, really well, and I think it also has to do with the fact that they're deeper than you think they are, are the Sixers. And I think that is boding to be the Eastern Conference Finals. In the West, I think the teams are going to beat each other up a little bit more to get there. And I think it's a toss-up. I, I, unless the Lakers are super healthy, I don't think it's a shoe in for the Lakers or the Clippers. I think the Nuggets are peaking. They've made some good moves at the at the at the at the at the uh free you know free the trade deadline and oh let's not forget that utah and phoenix are pretty damn good teams that happen to have the best records in basketball yeah so utah Utah and phoenix have won nine out of ten the clippers and nuggets have won eight out of ten yeah in their last 10 games and the lakers are four and six and I think, any, I think any of those teams would be interesting against the Nets. I still think against any of those teams in the West, the Nets, went, if healthy, are the favorite. But I would love to see a Nets-Nuggets. I mean, I think that would be really, really entertaining that would be basketball. Uh, the Lakers are hopeful that AD is returning after this uh, current road trip. And, you know, and what's, what's LeBron yeah. really going to be like? You know, If the Lakers are whole, well, listen, LeBron probably, uh, assuming he is – Healed and comes back. He should. That's be what I mean. Because he's yeah. LeBron. He's got enough experience. Well, and, and he's getting a little bit of rest. I still. I think the same thing. Right. Yeah, no, it'll Harden, be good for him. I, I'm not sure. This could be a little cynical. I'm not sure Harden would be sitting right now necessarily if he didn't know Durant was coming back. You think? Probably for a few more games because he yeah. came back. Harden yeah. came back was, and lasted trying about. To. Yeah, he lasted about four minutes and. Yeah. I think he's but hurt. Look, they're, they're, they were winning without him. So the Nets are deep. You know, as long as you're winning. And look, maybe the Nets want to win. The you know Maybe they want the best record. Maybe they'll be happy with the second best record. It's, you you got to figure they're going to run into Philadelphia at some yeah, point, right? I, mean, I, think, I think you're right. I think that's going to be their – I think that's your, uh, your Eastern Conference Finals. It yeah. has to be, right? They're going to be one and two, no matter who's one, no who's two. They're going to be one and two, right? Yeah, it's, it's it, doubtful it, it, that somebody else is going to be in the in the top. Two it just seems right? like everybody in the East, including the Sixers, is just playing five hundred basketball. Even the Bucks, you know, they're six and four in the last ten. Sixers are six and four in the last ten. Yeah, and beats back. I get it. The, everybody else below that is just playing five hundred basketball. Right? You know, they yeah. just are playing five hundred basketball, and. Miami's not the team they were last year. The Celtics certainly are. I think the one team that is a surprise, and I'm not sure I would want to face in the first round, is the Hornets. I mean, I think they're better than the. I think they're better than the Heat. I think they're better than the Celtics. I think they're better than the Knicks. And I think the Hornets in Atlanta, whoever gets that fourth spot, has an opportunity to make it a couple rounds in the playoffs. Atlanta's playing pretty good basketball. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're inconsistent though. They're the whole the whole east is inconsistent everything is yeah, yeah. but uh hey well you know what <laughs> it's uh 
But the Knicks are in. The Knicks are actually in eighth right now. So season ends right now. They're in, but uh, yeah. And that was that was based on tonight too. They won tonight. They they started the night in seventh. <laughs> so uh, they lost their way to eighth. But well. Well, uh, I, I think you're right about a lot of it. Like I said, I think they're going to be one and two. So no matter what order they finish in, that's going to be Eastern Conference Finals. And it would be interesting. I mean, you know, I don't know how healthy the Lakers are going to be. You know, I'm looking forward to the whole NBA playoffs. I really and I would really like to see whether it's a, the, the finals or the second round, which it'll probably be the finals. Right. I'd really love to see the Sixers and the Nets play because I think it's going to be more – I think the Sixers are going to give the Nets a run for their money. I think the Nets are too deep if they're healthy. Right. But, you know, I mean, Sixers, look. Yeah, Sixers are big and they've got talent. The, the Nets are playing talented. without arguably the best player in basketball. You can't say yeah. adding Kevin Durant. It's 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 like – it's almost the equivalent of saying, you know, yeah, the the the, the Portland Trailblazers were really good, but they, they've been playing all year without Clyde Drexler in his prime. You know, I mean, it's just – it's that big of a – I mean, he's that good of a player. Right. Yeah. He's – I mean, he's just so efficient. He's so efficient. He's He doesn't need the ball in his hand all game long. Right. And if Joe Harris is your fourth option in a go-to game – and, oh, by the way, LaMarcus Aldridge is open. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's stupid at this point. It's Although, just – Those two uh, – that Eastern Conference Finals, those two teams could beat each other up, and whoever could, comes and that's, out of it and will that's, be victorious. That's but, why the Nets they got could be Aldridge. bloodied because Aldridge yeah. can cover and bead. He can also float and play big. When, you know, if they do get you know beyond that, for some of the they, he's he's. I think he might be the biggest acquisition in the office, in the in the in the trade deadline. I think you're going to see Aldridge put up some big numbers, especially now that he, you're not going to be able to double him. You're going to what are you going to double him and leave Kyrie Irving open for a 15 footer? Right. It's that's I mean that's a dominant starting lineup, or you know wherever they they wind up going. But I think in the playoffs, depending on matchups, if they play against the Sixers, you're going to see hopefully Durant, Harden, Irving. Uh, Harris and Aldridge. That's an incredible starting five. Mm-hmm. And maybe Aldridge comes in as a six man and, and green starts, I, depending on, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. And, and listen, you got Claxton, who's uh, good defensively. You, know, you got Blake Griffin, who's going to give you a few minutes. Yeah. This is a, like Andre, DeAndre uh, Jordan didn't uh, play today, <laughs> which we might see a little bit more of, at yeah. least for, for a few more games, they try and get, uh, you know uh, Aldridge uh, sort of into the mix a little bit, but sure. Yeah, this is such a such a deep team. Yeah, I mean, deep is beyond. I mean, this the only team the only teams that I remember being this deep were like the the Lakers and Celtics in the eighties. I mean, the, these are the only teams that I remember being this deep. You know, when you had Bob McAdoo coming off the bench <laughs> as your seventh guy, or. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, Danny Ainge is your you know backup point guard in in, in Boston. I mean, it's and, and the Nets have the benefit of knowing that it, if for unforeseen reasons one of their big three gets hurt, they know that those other two can play together and still carry the team. Right. But I hope for, I hope for Durant's sake he's healthy. I, I want to see all three of them play because I think it's going to be a big test. 
And well, that's uh, the other thing. Can they can they get enough? Look, I don't think it'll be too much of a problem for them to integrate, so to speak. It won't uh, be a problem. But okay. uh, you know, they've, they've played what seven games all together. So I mean, that that is not what the Nets imagined. Yeah. <laughs> when they'll, they, they'll, I mean, they'll, they'll integrate. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I know Harden wasn't there from exactly the beginning of the season, but uh, they would have imagined that they would have played more than seven games together. But a little bit. Um, a little bit. yeah, it would be nice if they had uh, you know another half a dozen or so playing all together before you head into the playoffs. And I think, well, well, they got what? They got twenty yeah. games left. Twenty. Yeah. Games they say Harden will be out for ten days, so that's what six games. So I mean, no, yeah. not even. Yeah. So five. Yeah. Four. Four or five. Could be it, six, it, depending it, on those. And look. These guys are veterans. Even if Hard Harden's played enough with the rest of the team, if you if it's going to help to prolong him to, to sort of rest him, he's played for he played what? How many years with Kevin Durant? He, they know right. each other. They, right. they, they, these guys yeah, are no. I don't. I don't. It's not like they're going to be working on their help defense schemes in practice. No, I don't. I don't know. think it'll be a problem. But they don't even have fit contact practices anymore in the NBA. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's. Uh, I, I think it's. Uh, <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah, I Me too. I, I just, I just don't think anybody's going to beat him. I don't either. I was also just either. watching the Yankees. Uh, Gio Urshela get thrown out at home plate as the Yankees lose in eleven to the Orioles. Yeah. Well, the uh, what is it? The uh, are they playing right now? No. The uh, the with with the fact that the uh, Sixers did not play today, the Nets are now in first place. Half game game ahead of them. Half game ahead, yeah. I mean, there's a great game on right now, Suns and Jazz. If you guys guys want to stay up till 2 o'clock your time, you can watch that game. You know, one one thing you could actually say, though, is if Kevin Durant hadn't been out, we might not be talking quite as much about James Harden as in the MVP role. Yeah. possible. It's possible. Because right here now they're saying uh, without Durant in the lineup, 11-2 Eleven and two last month. Irving leading the league in scoring at thirty point two, and uh, Harden eleven point five assists. So yeah. those both of those numbers would have been a little bit lower if yeah. uh, Kevin Durant yeah, wasn't out. Yeah, yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah. In- interesting. Not not. I mean, I'd rather he was there, but sure. But Look, they, I, I, I and and I think the the rest of the country has finally come around. But I, I still say Nikola Jokic is the MVP at this point. It's uh, there's certainly there's certainly a big case for it. He's having a hell of a year. Yeah, so. and, I, and I think a couple things worked in his favor. I think obviously Embiid's being hurt and out. Um, you know, I wonder has there ever been anybody who's won an NBA MVP with being traded in the middle of the year like Harden? I don't know. Has anybody started the year on one team and then won the MVP? Not sure. We could check. Get Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy on there. Jimmy, Jimmy, check those stats. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, wake up! We all look. Me and Pete look this way. Jimmy. Harry looks that way. <laughs> Jim. Well, he's... well, that's that's because he's in a different part of the country. Uh, that's yeah, true. That's true. he's he's <laughs> actually on the other side over here. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it. All, all right. right. What else? Well, well, there you go. Um, Anything from hockey? Uh, hockey, yeah. Some players played some things. We talked about hockey. The, the <laughs> Rangers got their COVID shots. We did. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Not the Rangers. Was it the Rangers? No, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it was the Rangers. Rangers, Rangers yeah. got the COVID shots, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, they're, they're, they're coming down. I mean, uh, Maple Leafs have uh, fallen back into 
Was it the Maple- I don't know if the Maple Leafs had fallen back into it. I mean, they, there's 40 games played. There are tw- 27 wins. They get 57 points. But Colorado's got 56 points. Florida's got 56 points. And the Cap- Capitals are uh, at 54 points with the Islanders tied. The Islanders made a nice move, too, with Palmieri. I mean, I think that's going to help them. Uh, the Islanders are 25 and 10. Yeah. The- Tied for the top spot in the East, points wise. Uh, the, uh, get it right, the Mass Mutual East. All right. No, I don't. Yeah, it's the Mass Mutual East. Uh, but yeah, not the, I mean, not the Southeast A division. No, it's the Mass <laughs> Mutual East, the Discover Central, the Honda West, and the uh, Scotia you, North. You know what the really big story is in the Mass Mutual East is the fact that Buffalo's won two games in a row. They have. They have. I think won two did games they lose sixteen or seventeen straight? Right. Uh yeah they did they lost a lot straight and most of them to the uh, to the Islanders yeah uh, yeah yeah that's how come the Islanders are fifty four points right now this is true because they played Buffalo six well or that's also times. how come the uh, the uh, the the uh, Capitals have the Capitals points too, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh look you uh, got three and... four five six seven I mean, eight nine ten ten teams with fifty or more points. Yeah. yeah, and and if you look at wins, 26, 26, 26, 25, 25, 24, 27, 27 24, 26, 26, 25, yeah. I mean, it's... Maple Leafs are still in, still in the lead, but like just by, just by one point and one win. <laughs> That's it. Well, three three points, right? Oh, no, one, one, one over the Panthers. Yeah. One over the Panthers and the Avalanche. Yeah. Yeah, the Avs are looking good. I mean, fans, they're starting to let a limited amount of fans back into, I still want to call it the Pepsi Center now. Pepsi Center. Ball, ball, ball Arena. The ball arena. Yeah. But uh it's a Pepsi Center. <laughs> it's McNichols Arena, yeah. But uh yeah, it's uh yeah. I, I think I think it's gonna be interesting. I don't know. Are they gonna start with the goalie out of the net in overtime for hockey where you just you know you have to No, you put you put, you, you put you put one in overtime you put one player at the goal with the goalie. So if the puck comes in, he's got you know he's got. I, I I still can't get over these new major league baseball overtime yeah. uh, extra inning rules. I mean, I think the Yankees have lost two games because of this bullshit. Overtime, overtime, they actually put a bigger net on the on the ice. Colorado <laughs> is Colorado is plus fifty in goal differential. Yeah, no, pretty, nobody uh, nobody else. Well, you got uh, Vegas is plus thirty four. Tampa Bay is plus thirty five. Yeah. But that those are the those are the closest guys. Fifteen goals back. Yeah, yeah, that's I pretty good. Huge differential, yeah. Yeah, and who? What was the other night? Who? Uh, the island was it? The Islanders. They uh, uh, won a uh, game. Was it? Uh, what eight goals or twelve goals or something? Like I don't that? know. Oh, they're uh, definitely they're definitely uh, the Devils. I think have given up because they're, they're it was the Rangers. Beat. Rangers. My bad. Rangers. Rangers beat uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, Eight to four. So. Yeah, the ab- the abs are actually losing right now, four three. But, Hockey, I don't know. I can't keep up with all this stuff. And then well, you, know you, know, you know what? I can do this actually. What, a, what about what about it changed from NBA to NCAA? <laughs> Just have to put it up for a second there. What about NCAA women's and men's finals? Well, Come that's, on where, now. that's where we were next. You know, we uh, we have to finish that up by saying, uh, yeah, congratulations to Stanford and Baylor, respectively. Um, what would you think of uh, huh, what'd you think of um, uh, UConn uh, losing to uh, uh, to uh, which McCall on uh, I thought it, I thought it was I mean I, I think both, both those other teams played better and I thought UConn was, was ripe for the picking yeah they, they were... yeah you know if you really look back at UConn they've it's been a while since they were winning 
you know, four years in a row or whatever it was. They've lost. Yeah. They've been to the final four every year, but I, this is the fifth year in a row. I think they didn't make it out of the final four. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. so, so that's, you know, Stanford. Stanford just played. The, they were the deepest team. Yeah. I think they were the biggest team. I think you know, and they just seemed to play the best. They did. team team game. They did. They definitely did. And I was a little shocked uh, that you know uh, uh, Gonzaga didn't play a little bit better than they did. I wasn't. I mean, I think I was the only one who didn't pick Gonzaga to win. So I, I just, I, I just didn't feel it from them. I thought they just didn't have the. I think they were worn out. Yeah, I, I think that it could be. I think that uh, they had a bad UCLA, game. I think that UCLA game took it out of them. Took a yeah. lot out of them. Yeah, yeah they it, didn't, definitely, they didn't... it definitely did. It definitely did. The UCLA game definitely took it out of them. That's and Baylor, Baylor came out and handed it to them. They just, yeah. they came out and and were much more physical, and uh, they sort of dominated them. And that, that was it. The game was kind of over after the first quarter or first half. Yeah, yeah, they got it to, um, they got it to nine or ten at one point, but just you know, I mean, it's a, Baylor. Well, Baylor was what the number two overall. Yeah, right. They were number one in their grouping, but a number two overall. So. It's not like they were a bunch of uh, you know schlockers out there. Mm-mm. It's too bad. I listen. I wanted to see that history being made in my lifetime. But what was the history of the undefeated team? Undefeated perfect, perfect. And, and winning the uh, yeah. And I mean, look, look, Indiana happened during my lifetime, but I don't really remember it. <laughs> I don't think I was watching it when I was ten. <laughs> yeah, uh, which we call. And then what is it? Uh, Matthew Meyer from uh, Baylor. He he got the award for best mullet. So, yeah, um, always without a doubt. Was, uh, uh, where do which you is guys... weird because usually when you think of a school that's going to have a mullet and a shitty mustache, it's Gonzaga. He would think yeah, he, would be he looks like he should play for Gonzaga. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, where is the? Uh, where do you rank the uh, Gonzaga UCLA amongst the great games in NCAA history? It's up I there. thought it was a tremendous game. There. It was a good game, yeah. It was a good game. It's up there. I don't know if it's the, I don't think it's the best, but it's definitely. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a championship game, but you know. Right. Um, well, all all four of the semifinal games in the men's and women's are pretty good games. Yeah, they were. They were. It was. It was. It was good basketball this weekend. That's for sure. Um, but only two. Only one team can win uh, from each, and uh, there you go. Congrats to. And, and, and the good thing is that we don't. We don't have to listen to Bill Walton until October. <laughs> Turn on your True. light. True story. <laughs> uh, well, I actually like I actually like Bill Walton. Yeah, nice kid. Well, congratulations to Stanford women and the Baylor men. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. All right. <laughs> our yeah. intensive NCAA breakdown. Our intensive NCAA. Yeah, they shot pretty good, and the other team was tired. There was good games. They were played well. Two teams won. I mean, look, there are no. What more can you say? They were great, but <laughs> we're not. You're not going to be talking about Timmy the way you're talking about Grover Cleveland in a 787 <laughs> complete games in one season. He also <laughs> won. He also won three NCAA championships. He did basketball, even though he wasn't. And he wasn't even in college in one season. Is Grover Cleveland Alexander our benchmark for now? Grover Cleveland, <laughs> Listen, Grover Cleveland Pete Alexander is our benchmark. Jordan was pretty good, but uh, he's no Grover Cleveland Alexander. Yeah. Cy Young uh, was hard on himself because he, he, he actually pitched nine innings in his first 487 games. I think we should change you. are not Radio Pete anymore. You're Radio Grover. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, Young might have had uh, he might have had six hundred wins if he hadn't pitched nine innings all the time. That's right. exactly. Wimp. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand these uh, these pictures, these old school pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never understand them. Ridiculous. Anyway. All right. Well, I guess we should wrap it up then for today. What do that's you think? all I got. All wrap right. it that's up. All I too. Wrap it up. Uh, I want to make let everybody know, too, uh, next Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time will be our special, uh, our first guest uh, on the, uh, not if you count uh, Patchman Phil that night, but <laughs> we, uh, our first guest. I, I uh, don't. I don't, yeah. <laughs> our first guest interview uh, on uh, uh, Mets Corner, uh, we'll be having uh, the gentleman that invented the K-Corner at uh, Shea Stadium for Doc Gooden back in 1984. He will be uh, telling us all about how that all unfolded and what the Mets did for him and, and the experience it was and to have his, you know, his K, you know, retired to uh, Cooperstown. So it should be an interesting show. So check that out. 730 Eastern time next Monday evening. All right. Well, should, we'll wrap, be. should be. Should be. An interesting. Should be an interesting show. All right. Well, we'll wrap the show up for today. I want to thank everybody for watching. And for those of you just listening to the audio podcast, thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit our website, www.logroom.com. That's L-H-E-E-R-R-O-M.com. And please remember, like us and follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. All of them are at The Logger Room. Remember, we go live with the video podcast on both Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday night at 7.30. For those of you that want to just listen to the audio podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds, and you will never miss a show. Again, thanks for following along with us. Have a wonderful rest of your week, a great weekend. Take, it, you take in as many baseball games and uh, – and uh, basketball and hockey as you uh, can and uh, check them all out and enjoy them all. Check out our show next Monday night with the uh, interview and we will talk to you next week, guys. Cheers. Take care. Jimmy, get on those stats. <laughs> we need them stats.